Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bird, Nick. And if you guys could see what I'm seeing right now, I mean, if you're on the YouTube, you are. But uh, I am joined via Zoom by uh, Aladino uh, Sales Director Trey Mack Shipley. How you doing, Trey? Doing great, bro. Doing great. Festive as shit. Let's do it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you got your Santa sweater and your sunglasses, and then it looks like you're wearing some sort of weird Hershey kiss on your head. That's it. It's a tinfoil Santa hat. That's what this is. <laughs> it's very festive. Very festive. I I hope you can't hear the fucking bell because you know this what? thing is driving. Nuts. I can now. It's funny. I just no. it, just there. There was just a little little bit. So yeah, I, now I can't. But I could. That's trust me. You don't. This thing doesn't stop. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, today we are going to be, uh, this is our Christmas episode, guys, so so Merry Christmas to everybody out there, and uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be catching up with Trey Mac. we're going to be talking uh, Cigar Aficionado Top 10 list, we're going to be talking uh, all kinds of crap, uh, ghosts, whatever else, so. Um, ghosts? Oh yeah, I got a ghost story for y'all. It's been a minute since I've had a ghost story, but I got a ghost story for y'all, so uh, buckle up on that oh. one. Oh no, this one's actually pretty good. This is kind of fucked up, but I need a cigar for it, so it's time to go ahead and cut my cigar, and I, I have a couple of Robustos lined up and ready for this, because I don't know how long this will go, so I'm going to start off with the uh, Aladino Candela. Oh, you have a Candela. I do. I still have some from my box. And so I have an Aladino Candela, which I would like to point out um, did not. Never mind. I was going to say it made the parishioners list. It did not. It was a nominee, though. So, Oh, so. parishioners. First, mate, you need to get on the Candela wagon. Yeah, you do. You do. But uh, we'll we'll touch on Aladino showing in the parishioners list here in a little bit. But first, um, let's go ahead and prep the cigar. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. And guys, if you're in the St. Louis area and you are looking for an Aladino cigar, there is no other place you should go than Riverman Cigar Company. Uh, he's got all kinds of Aladino cigars, full line. And uh, you guys can swing on by, get Aladinos to your heart's, heart's content. And I know he's still got uh, some Candelas. Last I saw when I was over there, he did still have uh, a few of the Sumatras. Um, and uh, otherwise, he's got the whole rest of the line. So when you're in the St. Louis area and you're looking for a great Aladino cigar, swing by Riverman Cigar Company. But if you're not in the St. Louis area and you still want to support a brick and mortar, give him a call because he does do mail order. So he or Miss Cindy or Little John can get you taken care of over the phone and you can get a nice shipment of cigars sent to you right away. It's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time to go ahead and cut my cigar. So what are you smoking? You got this monster thing going on over there. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm doing the opposite of you. You know, you brought three Robustos because you don't know how long it's going to go. And yeah, my dumbass is like, oh, a Lancero makes total sense. <laughs> okay. I'm only going to be 
yakking and it's probably going to go out a thousand times because you know this is what i do here's the thing though that actually kind of could make sense because i know when i smoke a lancero i always have to uh uh smoke it a little slower you know i can't take as many puffs on it as quick and everything so you know that that might work out for you so yeah this little uh something something i've been working on for christmas for uh like eight months okay so I mean, it is it an Ale- It's an Aladino Cameroon, but I have done two things to it. Okay. One uh, added a little bit of sugar to the tip. Okay. And it has also been aging a little over six months in uh, cinnamon. Ooh, cinnamon. So it should be sweet and spicy, which is what this cigar already is. Amplified. But I don't know. I, I literally have not tried one from the batch. It could be terrible. Well, I guess we're going to find out. See, you do all these like science experiments with your cigars. I think you were doing that. I don't know if it was the last time you were on, but or the time prior where you had a science experiment going on then, too. I, I think I was. I did I do the bourbon cigars. I think stuff. maybe so. Bourbon. Yeah. 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 Uh, this one I used Vietnamese cinnamon and put that in some sachets. Oh. And uh, put that in the humidor. Sachets uh, away. Yeah. Uh, so you can smell the cinnamon. I don't know if you'll taste it, but I can. I can smell. It. All right. And I'm gonna do something that I don't ever do. Uh-oh. In fact, I think this might be the second time I've done this all year. Okay. I'm gonna use. Gonna use. Yeah. What I, is that? The, I, is, it, is that the butt one? That's the woolly mammoth one. Oh, so the butt the the butt cutter I take with me every once in a while to fancy <laughs> events. Oh, you know? okay. But this here, the mammoth tusk, I don't take anywhere because one, if I lost the mammoth tusk, I'd be out pretty good chunk of change. And two, it just makes sense because it's very possible that this cutter here, or at least part of this cutter, is older than the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so um where where do you want to start do you want to do you want to start do you want to get into that right away or do you want to go with ghosts I mean, or do you want to or do you want to do cigar content and talk uh cigar aficionado top 10 no i think a little i just a little uh foreshadowing here I want, okay in the christmas spirit i do want people to think about the moon uh i, I saw the moon during the day a couple days ago First thing I thought to myself was, if I'm seeing the moon during the day, how are the people on the other side of the world See it seeing night the moon night. at night? <laughs> oh, my God. And then that got me thinking, and, uh, you know, I just, hmm, maybe there's more to this moon than we think. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, tinfoil hat, we'll get into that. Okay. Christmas special, folks. I'm not. I'm not telling you I know everything. I'm not going to tell you everything I say tonight is irrefutable. But I'm just asking you to use your open your mind. brains. Yeah, just think about things a little bit. You okay. see the moon during the day. Wait a minute. Why? First, ask why. <laughs> I think why is going to be a common theme today. Okay. Okay. So, um, so then, where do you want to start? There's a lot going on in the cigar world. I mean, there is. 
a ton. I mean, we've got these these uh, lists coming out. They're flying Everybody's left got and right. Top twenty five. You got yours. Aficionado has you know, theirs. Let, let, let's touch on the parishioners list so far. Let, let's I highlight love this. Let's highlight the the Aladino showing in the parishioners list so far. So, as of you know, when this episode comes out, we'll be up through number four. We'll we'll have uh, uh, three, two, and one still to go. Um, but uh, as of uh, this episode, we will have come out with number four. Um, however, however. Of the, what, uh, 23, no, 22 cigars that we've named, uh, Aladino so far has four showings um, of those of those cigars. So coming in at number 25, you have the uh, uh, Aladino Corojo, the, the standard, you know, OG Aladino Corojo, which, you know, I mean, I, I was happy to see that that showed up on the list because... It's a fantastic cigar that I do feel sometimes doesn't get the the, the recognition anymore, you know, because yeah. you know, the reserve has come out and various other things have come out, and it's kind of like it's it's been the stalwart, but it's kind of been hanging in the background. I feel a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's the foundation for everything, Big but I, I feel the same way. It's good to see it on the list because I feel like it gets overshadowed by all the new things we've brought out over the past four or five years. People forget about what actually laid the groundwork for this to even be possible. Super cool that parishioners have it on the list mm -hmm. and uh, makes my old heart better, better. So then at number 23, you have the vintage selection, which nice. I was happy to see that too, because, you know, I feel like that one sometimes maybe also kind of gets a little lost in the, in the, uh, in the shuffle a little bit, you know, that, that it came out and it was kind of a nice thing when it came out. It was something a little different, had the Habano to it and everything, but, uh, it just kind of, you know, since then we've had the classic and we've had, you know, the various other things, you know, the, the, the Sumatra and the PCA and all sorts of other ones, um, the Candela, for example. And so I just feel like the, the vintage selection kind of also has, kind of taken a little bit of a step back it's still there still awesome but i don't feel like it's quite as prevalent good to see it on the list uh, the vintage rothschild sizes that's my go-to winter cigar well that's the next one i have up after i finish the uh the candela nice and uh so then at number nine we do have the sumatra which you know i love the sumatra i wonder if it would have gotten a little higher on the list if uh, maybe because, you know, if it would have come out a little earlier in the year, had a little bit. It was time, limited as well. That also. Yeah. I mean, that plays a role. But uh, I think it's one of those things where by the time the nominating and the voting started, I think that cigar had maybe been out for a eh, month and a half, two months at most, you know, so it may, uh, may, may have needed a little bit more time to get some legs under it. I'll be candid here. I had a. A big customer up north that uh, he's very passionate about our products. Anytime something new comes out, he's got to have it. Mm -hmm. Sells a bunch of them. So when the Sumatra came out, he he ordered a, a metric fuck ton that he was a lot. <laughs> okay. And uh, he was so excited. He smoked him as soon as he got him. He smoked one like the day he got it in and calls me and he says, bro, I'm so disappointed. Why? And I'm like, what are you disappointed? And he goes, the Sumatra, man. And he's like, what I had in my head. And he's like, I, it just didn't live up to my expectations. 
And I just told him, I'm like, mm, I'd give it another chance because I, I love that cigar and I, I, don't, I don't think it's BS at all. So I was like, hey, you know, just I know you bought a lot of them. And if you're disappointed, you might be feeling buyer's remorse. So yeah. I was like, just wait a bit. He calls me last Saturday evening. I answer and I'm like, what's up, my man? He goes, dude, I, I'm smoking a Sumatra right now. I was so wrong. I'm so sorry. I chewed you out. I bitched you out. He's like, I was so wrong. He's like, maybe they, they just need to sit. I don't know. And he just, he's, he wouldn't. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. See? So that's the other thing. And, and that goes for different regions that you live in, too. You know, you live way up north. And I tell this to anybody. I did this at my shop. I know a lot of shops like in Pennsylvania that do this. Anytime something new comes in, it doesn't matter what the hype is going online or whatever. They'll get them in off the truck and they'll put them away for two weeks. Yeah. Just because it's so freaking cold. It's so dry. It's so much drier usually. Yeah. And they just let them sit for a few weeks before they bring them out. And, uh, and the opposite can be true down south. Sometimes you got to dehumidify some stuff. Uh, and so that's always the thing. I try to do that. That's why anytime I'm buying any new cigar and I try everything out there, I always buy two. And I always want to smoke that one the day I get it because, I mean, I'm impatient. Just well, like yeah, anybody. Like all of us, yeah. And then no matter what my thought was, I wait a few weeks before I smoke the second one. Uh, and then I kind of compare my notes and thoughts. And uh, I, I, anybody out there trying anything new, that's just a, another reason. Buy two. There you Always go. buy two if you're trying to say any, anything new. I don't care what it is. Buy two. There you go. Well, uh, I I would agree a hundred percent, and uh, I think that that's a, a good a good rule to live by. And then at number eight, just to uh, round out the uh, the Aladinos here, at number eight we have the Aladino Cameroon, uh, uh, an old favorite that's coming back. Well, not coming back; it didn't go anywhere. You know, it's just uh, hanging out there at number eight, and uh, still a fan favorite amongst the parishioners. That is our number two selling cigar nationwide for a reason. Well, there you go. And so, uh, like I said, we still do have three more spots left to announce on the parishioners top 25 list. So it's possible that Aladino makes one more appearance. We will see. I'm feeling like see. something's being left out. We will see. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, you'll find Parishioners, out. prove me right. You, I love you. You parishioners, you'll find out here soon. So... Um, now that we've done that, do we want to, do we want to get into the, the cigar aficionado list? I think we should. I think it's important. This whole industry revolves around this shit. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, <laughs> one could make a solid argument that cigar aficionado at this point, it just comes in and, uh, takes advantage of the new smokers, you know, um, by, by coming in and being the authority you know, uh, for the new smokers and, uh, it's what it is. So it's still the Bible for a lot of, uh, older smokers as well. True. True. I, and, all right. You know, so before we get too far down this road, I think it's important to note that no matter what we say, we're not ripping on any brands. We're not ripping on any cigars. All we're saying is we're talking about the list as it is and our perception of said list. Congratulations to everyone who made the list. You know, it's going to help you out 
I mean, I don't think there's any way to argue that that it's gonna that it's gonna hurt anybody. I think it's gonna help everybody out, and that's on the list. And uh, you know, if you made the list, hey, you 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 did well. I mean, you you got you got some good publicity out of the deal, and congratulations, you're gonna sell some cigars. So I think that's a good thing. But the list was fucking boring. Boring is a word. It was boring. It was predictable. There were only two cigars on it after reviewing it that um, I couldn't have like that, that I felt like maybe kind of came out of left field. But even then there were enough ties that or or rationale behind it that I could be like, yeah, I understand why it's there. Um, And some of it was straight cut and paste. I, I almost say it's, more than almost uh somebody correct me if i'm wrong but how many cigars in the top 10 have never made the list uh i don't i i don't know how many uh, but i know I mean, at least not, i, don't, not, I know at least like one sizes. i know at least one definitely did and one in a different size already won uh yeah. you know cigar of the year <laughs> That, so, that's kind of so. what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, this cigar in a different size made a list another year. This year it's a different size. Like, but I'm pretty sure I've seen all but two of these on that on lists. It was lazy. It was lazy. And I almost have to wonder if maybe Cigar Aficionado took a lot more shit for naming a Cuban last year as the number one that they want yes. to admit. And so this year they dialed it back so far that it was lazy, you know, that they went to the other extreme that last year they did this this year. Oh, we got to play it safe. So they went so far safe that it was boring and lazy. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, it was this is how predictable it was. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug another person's show, but uh, right. Will Coop, Will Coop over at Cigar Coop, uh, he all, he doesn't disclose exactly how he predicts these things, but he puts out a spreadsheet of based on X, Y, and Z, these will be your top 25 cigars of the year. The dude almost completely nailed the top 10. Wow. I mean, almost in order. Like, wow. And so Coop just says, there's a, there's a method to the, and now, and Coop is not saying that those are the top 10 cigars of the year because he has his own list and it very different. Yeah. Yeah. He's just saying, I know how this is done. And he puts it out way ahead. Like it came out December 12th. He's like, here you go. Here's your aficionado list. And sure enough, I was like, he nailed it. Well, let's go over the list. So we'll start at number 10. At number 10, you have the El Pulpo Bellicoso Grande. All right. Now, this was released this year. This at least is a brand new cigar released this year by uh, Art- uh, Artisano del Tobacco. They're the makers of Viva La Vida, but it's made by AJ Fernandez in, in Nicaragua. So you've got the A.J. Fernandez tie, you know, right there. And I believe they gave the Viva La Vida spot on the top 25, you know, a handful of years back. Yeah. So they've... Which, 
both the Viva La Vida and the El Pulpo, great smokes. I mean, I haven't had it, but I mean, I've had the Viva La Vida, and you're right, that is a good smoke. I haven't had the El Pulpo, so you know, there's that. But I mean, I okay, that was one of my two out of left field ones. That was one that I was yeah. like, okay, whatever. You know, I didn't see that one coming. Number nine, you have the La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor Bellicoso. It's an Ashton product. And mm-hmm. Cigar Aficionado, they do like Ashton. Also, I uh, believe the Mi Amor is Pepin. Uh, yeah, and that's another one. Yep. They do like my father and they do like Pepin. So, you know. Um, it's now, another cigar. It's a great cigar, but I don't. I haven't noticed a change again over the years. I like, don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on any of these cigars. I mean, they. I I would smoke a hundred percent of this list. You know, um, some might be more. I I might be more of a favorite. Or I might like more some of them more than others. Sure. But sure. that's personal preference, and it is what it is. But there's absolutely not a single cigar on this list that I would say. Absolutely not. You know, there's no Gurkha showing up on the top 10, but whatever. I didn't say I said that. So <laughs> now, did you hear their Sue and Davidoff over the year of the dragon? When that came out, yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to get sued. Oh, dude, I think this is going to be this is going to get ugly. It kind of could be entertaining. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So anyway, get off of that subject. We'll go to number eight. Which is, um, as we were saying, kind of familiar. It's the Alec Bradley Prensado Torpedo. And the uh, Prensado, this is this is word for word out of the Cigar Aficionado little descriptive. Said, became famous when the Churchill size was named the Cigar of the Year back in 2011. So, what, 12 years ago, they named the Churchill of this cigar the Cigar of the Year. And then now, 12 years later, they're like, hey. We think the torpedo should be number eight. I mean, for me, again, uh, good smoke. In fact, uh, that is currently my favorite Alec Bradley cigar since they did away with my favorite Alec Bradley cigar. Okay. Um, But this is my current favorite AB product. However, I... I feel like it burns better than it did when it very first came out and got all the hype. I think the burn quality is better, but I don't think the cigar is different. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess their rationale is that it could be any cigar that came out this year. It doesn't have to be one that would, that premiered this which year. Which is true. Year. True. Totally yeah, true. But you're telling me that, out of all the cigars that came out this year, every single one, be it existing lines or new stuff, and there was a ton of new stuff this year, you mean to tell me that out of all that, only seven other cigars were better than this one? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, again, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just kind of like questioning the rationale here. So at number seven, we have the Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate. In the Corona size. Now, that my here's my thought on this. This was the other one that came out of left field for me. This one, I will admit, it's not particularly my cigar. Um, the Triple Maduro, I feel, can be a little... I, uh, 
it can be a little uh, same throughout. I don't want to say one note because I think there's a few, but I do think it's 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 it it doesn't vary a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I'm not personally a big fan of triple Maduro. That's just me. But the thing about this cigar that made a lot of sense to me in terms of why a cigar aficionado would want to snuggle up to it and give it some love. I mean, let's be real. I got celebrities gracing the cover of the magazine every month or every time it comes out. Maybe they get Metallica on the cover one month and, you know, do some stuff with that, you know, give a little love to this cigar and get Metallica. Yeah. So for me, uh, again, this was honestly outside of our new products this past year. This was the cigar I was most hyped for when I first heard it coming out. Like Mm -hmm. I I was really excited to try it. Uh, And to me, especially the Corona, that's like there's a very special spot in my heart for a cigar like that. To me, it was it's all strength. And it's like at the end of the night, I want one more little ass ass kicker. Bang, put me to bed. Cool. Yeah. It really serves that yeah. purpose really well. But when I think of triple Maduro, for me, I actually think of like deep, rich flavor. And I, I would, to me, if they just never mentioned Triple Maduro at all, I might like that cigar more. For for me, it's just a, you know, a bullet to your head to end the night. Yeah. And again, I, you know, it was it was an odd addition, but I understand why they have it on the list. Like I said, I, I do suspect that the celebrity attachment may have, you know, kind of helped it. Although, let me ask you this. If you're, if we're going to go down that road, yeah, don't you prefer the knuckle sandwich over the blackened? The only thing I can figure is how much advertising does Drew Estate and Swisher pay for versus uh, Espinosa. And we would hate to think that the list is based on that. Totally hate to think that. But yet, if you go through and count all the ads throughout the six editions of the year, I think you can kind of see some, uh, you know, similarities as to uh who's showing up on the list which don't, is why i love the parishioners list yeah it's con- and and see i have nothing to do with that everybody if anybody's pissed off about where they're at on that list don't come crying to me go to the consumers because the consumers my listeners are the ones that did it the only thing we don't know yeah is gervais's voting machines uh-huh has he corrupted the voting machines is this actually a Gervais list? I don't believe so. I, it's a math, but thing, the, but, but um, we may never know until yeah. until he posts the results and or or if he's got an algorithm, he can like you know free the code. <laughs> Gervais, free the code, my friend. I think it's a simple Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I really do. I think it's a simple thing. Talking good. I think Talking if, good. I, I I think the way it works is when you vote. You have to rank your top 10. So in this case, we put out 47 cigars for the prisoners to vote on. And they had to go through and they had to pick their top 10. And then of those 10, they had to, to you know, say where they would. So, like, for example, if somebody said that the Aladino Corojo, which got, you know, 25 on the list, was their favorite cigar of the year, they would put number one next to that one and, you know, so forth. And now Let me uh, ask you and, this uh, before we get too far away. Then. Yeah. Did any of these cigars in the top 10 get smoked on the show this year? 
Um, you know what? Let me just real quick look at that. Um, no, yes, uh, very possible. I don't remember if we smoked Cameroon. Reality, no Cameroon on the show this year. I don't. Sure. I don't remember either. I mean, I know for a fact I've, I've smoked it. It's been smoked on the show many times before in the past, but I don't know if it was smoked this year. Uh, that one has not. That one doubtful. That one was. However, I don't know if it was smoked on it this year or very, very, very late last year. Uh, that one was. That one was not. That one was. And that one was. So I'd say about half of the top ten probably were smoked on the show. Okay. Uh, half or, you know, six, five to six of the of them were smoked on the show this year. So, you know, it's a little influence from, from me. But, uh, a little but, bit. But at the same time, you know, there's... Influence you you can when when it's all said and done you can see where some influence is coming from, for sure. Yeah. So although there's the Cuban influence at six. Well, and this, so yeah, we were talking about uh, you know the cigar aficionado list, and right there, there's a Cuban influence with the Partagas Siri P number two. Never had it. It's good. Okay. But I mean, how hard is it to get these days? And honestly, I, I I wouldn't buy that cigar if somebody gave it to me, which is typically how I get Cubans. Yeah. Then uh, that's one thing. But no, nope, I get it. They had to throw Cuba on the list somewhere. I mean, it's cigar aficionado. They have to rub their nose and or you know in the or rub our nose in the fact that we can get access to Cuban cigars. Blah blah blah. So. Well, and I will say this, uh, I would love to get my hands on like a cigar aficionado in Europe. Yeah. Just to see if the Cuban government does advertise. Ooh, that's a good I don't know. If somebody out there knows, let me know. I have, that's just a question. I, I actually do, don't I, know. I do have listeners all in various other countries. So if you're a parishioner that's overseas and uh, you can get a, you know, copy of Cigar Aficionado as printed in your country or, or published in your country. Uh, maybe let us know. Is Habano's uh, advertising in uh, in uh, Cigar Aficionado overseas? Well, coming in at number five, it's the ever-present E.P. Carrillo. And I do love this cigar. It's a good cigar, so I'm not ripping on the cigar, but it's the E.P. Carrillo Allegiance Confidant size. Um, this is the green band, the newest one. And uh, it's good. It's it's a little lighter, I feel like, than the uh, Pledge and the Encore and, you know, those ones. But uh, still a very good, very flavor flavorful, you know, well-constructed cigar. So, I mean, I don't have an issue with it being on the list. But, my God, how many years in a row now have we seen E.P. Carrillo popping up on the list? They, they, they love E.P.C. And I don't understand, like, again, I think those are all great smokes. I think EP crushes. He does a great job. Mm -hmm. um, but, and this is just my personal take. The To me, the pledge is head and shoulders above the allegiance. Yep. 
uh, I, the, the pledge is fantastic smoke. Um, and you know, they're all good in their own right, but to, to put this one on the list and not the pledge is weird to me. If you're going to stick with the same cigars and say, Oh, this uh, cigar's back on okay. the list. Now that's a valid point. If you're going to open it up to every cigar that's out there and available, then why aren't you just copying and pasting the same list every single year? If those cigars keep coming out and they're just as good. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. that, that I, I, I follow what you're, what you're saying there so um number four this one <laughs> this one's fuck this one fucks with my head um not because of the cigar but because of their rationale so number four is the rocky patel alr second edition toro they literally start their little write-up about this saying this isn't the first time this exact cigar has been on our top 25 list. It first appeared in 2019, but back then it was the number five. For 2023, it's moved up a spot, showing us that Rocky Patel continues to improve quality and consistency at his uh, Tavacusa factory in Nicaragua where the cigar is made. So basically what they're saying is, this cigar moved up from number five in 2019 to number four in 2023 because it's smoking better than it used to. So then that goes right back to your point. If the pledge from EPC is just as good now as it was when it ranked before, why is it on not on the list, but the allegiance is number five? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I yeah. just don't see... There's only one thing I see that shows me how this list is put together. I, I don't see a lot of well, rationale. What this shows me, Rocky didn't come out with anything big this year, and they had to figure out a way to get him on the list. They already blew their wad calling the the 60 the number two last year behind the Cuban. So they're like, what else can we say? What Where, where, where can we throw Rocky a bone? And again, not saying anything bad about the ALR, because I've smoked it. It's a good cigar. But it's literally the same fucking cigar, and you're just moving it up a spot on the list. And I mean, what you're telling me here, and especially as we get down to the top three, what you're telling me with this top ten is basically that this is a really bad year for cigars. There are well, what I'm what I'm seeing you're, is you're telling me that nothing. There was no innovation. There was nothing yeah. new. It's just you despite know, the fact we, that there was a shit ton of new product that came out this year. Oh yeah. You know, and and the other aspect of it is what I'm also very clearly seeing on this list is that when Cigar Aficionado sits down and I don't care what they say about blind testing and everything like that, when they, they, they say that when they, they say all that, but when they sit down, they have certain brands that have to appear in that top 10. And you I are, don't know that. I no, I know. That. I'm I'm saying this is this is my statement. Here. This is your tinfoil hat this moment. This is my tinfoil hat moment. This feels like they have brands that have to appear in that top ten. And then they have a few spots open for other people, blackened and El Pulpo and things of that nature. And then they just have to figure out where are they gonna put the ones that have to you know who didn't appear in the top ten that I'm kind of surprised about? JC Newman. J.C. Newman, yeah, no, they no put Newman. out the Angel Cuesta, which was a fucking great cigar. Um, they've done a handful of different things, you know, this year that didn't make this list, or at oh. least at least not the top ten. You know, we are recording. 
We are recording let's this be, before the 11 through 25. Yeah. But let's be honest. I mean, if you're talking bang for your buck, it's hard to beat the Yagua. Right? And if and if it's, every cigar that's out there, no matter what year it comes out, and, and they've put out a 2023 variation of it. I mean, they do that every year now. How, how does that not show up on the list? You know? And and I know they have their criteria about scores and all this crap and whatever. My my point is if I were and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth at JC Newman or any other company that didn't make the top ten and came out with something new. But if I were JC Newman and I came out with the Angel Questa and it's a really great cigar, and then I come along and again, no disrespect to Rocky, and see that the ALR, the exact same cigar that got the number five spot in 2019, is now the number four cigar, but I didn't make the top ten, I'd be asking what the fuck, you know? It's just, yeah. it's just me. But at the end of the day, what did last year's list and this year's list do? Got us talking. I'll say that. We're talking about it. We're talking about, about it. it. So maybe We're that's, talking a, maybe about that's the it. problem. So number three. Oliva, Siri V, Milanio, Toro. Great cigar. Great yeah. cigar. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it a thousand times now. <laughs> Maybe not this Vitola, but I'm sure you've seen the Milanio on this list before. Number two, you know it had to be on there somewhere. Padron, Siri 1926, number eight, uh, number 48, Maduro. You know, Padron always gets the love from uh, from Cigar Aficionado as well. Um, you know who didn't get any that's you know, here's another company that didn't get any love in the top ten is Davidoff. Yeah. Yeah. Because coming in at number one, you have the Fuente Fuente Opus X Reserva de Chateau. Again, great cigar. Yeah. But I can't I can't talk any shit on the only thing These I'll say about that the only thing I'll say about that one is that most years you might as well have named a Cuban because you have just as much of an opportunity to buy that in the United States as you do the uh the Fuente Puente Opus X. I have seen more of them this year than I've ever seen in my life. Well, I mean I've I know they've been at Riverman and various other places, so I know they're around this year. But uh Nonetheless, know, you're starting to sound like a conspiracy theorist. To I me. just, yeah. you know, there's just there's something fucky about it. There's just something fucky about it. You know what? I mean, there's still a little fucky fucky. We don't know what Gervais is doing, but <laughs> and you know what? I probably don't want to know what fucky fucky things Gervais is say. Lady, but, boy, lady boys and all kinds of various things involved <laughs> in that. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> but this is why I love the internet. This is why I love groups like the parishioners. Uh, this, these are more opportunities to be like, you don't need a corporation telling you yeah. what the best yeah. cigars are because you're the one smoking them. You're the one telling us like, this was my favorite cigar. And if we have more platforms where people are doing things like this and people are voting, you know, this isn't a presidential election. This is where people actually vote on yep. something. Um, oh, you know, hey, I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. I, can I know, I know. they're not zapping your brain tonight. Zuckerberg is not getting in here tonight. <laughs> oh, God. 
But uh, this is what I like about the internet. You guys tell us. And that, honestly, that's also better for the manufacturers because we get real input from the people consuming yeah, the products. The people that are putting down their hard-earned money. And let's be real, we all have less of that this year. 100%. So, you know, if somebody's buying your product, you want to listen to them before you listen to, uh, you know, some guy in a, in a boardroom in a magazine. I lo so I love lists like the parishioners. I think we need more of it. We got to make the parishioner thing bigger and bigger every year. Um, I actually had uh, this was a unique thing I have never seen done before. Yeah. But yeah. one one of my clients, what they decided to do, and they've done it like four cigars a day. But they're like, we're not telling you what's the best. We're going to tell you the top twenty five cigars sold in our humidor. Oh, okay. So it's like. This is based on our customers. Based off of our sales, yeah. Throwing it out there. These were the top 25 cigars sold this year. Wow. And I'm like, number one, that's a ballsy move. It is a ballsy move. But I like it. It is, yeah. No, I, I, it's cool, especially if they're not ranking it. They're basically just saying, in no particular order, these are the 25 that, that move out of our humidor the best. I will say. Well, they are, they are ranking it, though. Oh, are they ranking it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that is ballsy then. So I'm going to know soon enough, where do I stand? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, wow. And if you're the sales so rep. They might tell me one time, like, oh, yeah, like we love Aladino. You guys are selling like hotcakes. And the list comes out. I'm like, am I? Why did that cigar outsell my cigar? Like, But that's also cool because that's real feedback. Yeah. Those are actual numbers that people can actually it use. Let you know where you stand. Not like, you know, here's Tom, Dick, and Harry in a black room smoking a blind cigar. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom knows my dick is Harry, and that's about it. Well, and, and come on. You know there's some cigars smoking them blind. You're going to know what they are. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, you mentioned. I mean, not all of them, but no, there's definitely. You mentioned the Yagua. That's definitely one that you smoke it blind. Oh, yeah. You're like, hey, I know what this is. Um, but even the blackened. You know? Oh, I would know the blackened. If I smoked the blackened, I would yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, come on. You, you know the blackened when you see it. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm happy for all the manufacturers that are going to see a sales boost off of this. I think that's a good thing. And, um, you know, I will say for all the shit that I gave them last year about naming a Cuban cigar as the number one, I'm happy that they named a... Uh, 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 a cigar that people in the United States can actually, you know, access as the number one. So that's that's a plus for them, you know, cigar aficionado this year. But man, it's just pretty obvious that uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I just I, I, you know, no, 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 you're a conspiracy theorist. I think they have been passed by in the industry. I think you're right. I think the industry has passed cigar aficionado by. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, let me just ask you, that. do you know what the term half-wheel means? Uh, that has to do with the, uh, the when you make a wheel of cigars, correct? Aren't they, aren't they referring to that? Let me tell you what the actual term half-wheel means. Okay, I was going to say. So half-wheel is like a, a bicycle term, racing. Okay. So you push the pace 
and make everyone go faster by getting half a wheel ahead of the guy next to you. Uh huh. That's called half wheeling, right? So if you take that term and, you know, half wheel is going to have their list as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and we might argue with how they do their list and blah, 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 blah. I will say about half wheel, they're hard. Uh, they're much more harsh on cigars, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, it's it's a different take than what aficionado does. It's they grade very difficult. However, everything we're doing, your parishioners lists, uh, we got stores coming out with lists, like all this stuff, all it does is make everybody pedal faster. We got to make some changes. We got to get better. Really, everyone is half wheeling. And aficionado, my hope, hope if they're listening. I don't know if they have anybody out there fucked up enough to listen to us. I kind of doubt it, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if they're listening, you guys are important to the industry. And I, I want you, I want you to do more. I want you to yes. do. Yes. Yes. And, and this list breaks my heart because the cigars are great, but it looks, this list makes it look like this industry hasn't changed. It hasn't gotten any better. There was no innovation. And that doesn't propel the industry forward. And to your point, if you're going to put yourself out there as, you know, the the printed authority, the 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 Bible for the cigar smoker, you know, um, do better than being lazy, do better than being boring, you know, Actually expand your horizons and get out there and really, 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 really move the needle. Don't get passed by. Like, the industry is better with the strong cigar aficionado. Yeah. And, so, I, don't, and I don't know what the solution to that is. Because, you know, the, the, <laughs> the accusations about placement buying through advertising, I think that's prevalent enough that I, it's going to haunt them. You know, even if they, even, even if it's not true. Even if, uh, you know, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's not true. However, it is very hard to argue when you look at who is, our, you know, uh, advertising and who does get placement on these lists year after year after year. But, you know, let's say it's not true. It's going to haunt them. So they're going to have to really get a little wacky for at least a little while. And, and they're going to have to... Maybe they need to mix it up. Maybe they need to say, hey, you know, it has to be cigars that came out in 2023. Maybe instead of a top 25, maybe they'd take it down to a, a top 15, top 10. If they if they can't come up with 25 cigars out of, you know, the stuff that came out that year that meets whatever rating requirement that they want to impose on uh, on cigars that I don't know. They're, they're going to have to start really mixing it up, I think, in order to get a, a little trust back. They need to innovate, yeah. which is what every good company has to do. I mean, we didn't want Gervais and I were not going to do a 25 list from the parishioners. Mm -hmm. The only re, you know, we, we did top 10 last year. We were going to do top 10 again this year because we figured 25 is fucking ridiculous. The only reason we did 25, quite frankly, is because 47 cigars were nominated by the parishioners. And we felt if we do that and we tell them you can only, you know, we're only going to release the top 10. I mean, what's going to end up happening there is one vote could separate, I mean, everything, you know, and, yeah. and it's it's just ridiculous. So we're like, screw it. Let's just go ahead and put out 25 and call it a day. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. 
They're, they have to change. They have to change. I mean, I will say, I mean, even if you take Aladino off of the parishioners group, let's just take him out of the top 25. I thoroughly enjoy the list. Yes, there's I, some good stuff I, on that list. I go through it. I'm like, I had fun smoking that. I enjoyed that. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking similarly to these people. Yeah. That and are it, out there. And, and it's a nice mix of new stuff. And maybe some yeah. stuff that's been around for a little while. Maybe there's a classic somewhere in there, uh, uh, you know, an older sure. cigar that pops in there every once in a while. But, uh, you know, by and large, it's it's mostly a lot of more recent stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. But anyway, that's... Uh, but here we are talking about it. You I know, know what I mean? I know. And you, you do bring up a valid point. Maybe they don't need to change anything because... We're talking about it. But eventually you do. Eventually you innovate or die. You grow or die. I mean. Yeah. You uh, have to. And uh, I, I want them to. I want a strong aficionado. It seems like these days more people pay attention to bitch about it than to actually, like, care about it. Or at least the people that I encounter. So maybe it's the vocal minority well, online. I mean, remember, you know, this comes as a, you know, a former store owner, but I would, I would be pumped when the list would come out. Even if I disagreed with it, I could go through my humidor and say, here's the top 25 yeah. stars. It would boost sales. Yeah. I feel like if I had a store today, people would walk in and be like, these are the same cigars from last year. <laughs> I'd be like, well, and, and yeah. come on, let's be of those cigars. What isn't already selling? Opus X's, when you get them in, they sell. Padron 1926's, they sell. Oliva Serie V Milanios, they sell. You know, Rocky Patel. And a lot it, of it based on former ratings. People yes. are like, oh, now I do. EPC Allegiance, like you know, it sells. I, You know, um, the Blackened from Drew Estate, it's obviously selling, you know. They did a great job with those Blackened parties, too. I don't know that. Oh, when they first released, I love this. Their marketing is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Drew Estate's marketing. So when they launched the Black End, they had these packages that people bought, and there was a certain way all these events went at the launch. It was genius move on their part, and it was fun. I, I went to cook. Well, there you go. So I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, that's the cigar aficionado. It's different than top ten and black. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a totally different thing. We don't need to get into that. But that's how you can identify the black end if you're smoking it blind. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get the Gordo. It's also known as the Manding. This one feels different in my head. <laughs> Once you go black end, you never go back. Um, anyway, so um, ghosts or the moon? Where do you want to go next? How about ghosts on the moon? Oh, fuck. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. I mean, thing. here you would think if Neil Armstrong was really up there when what? he died, I okay. mean, his soul okay. would be there, right? Because, I mean. little piece of trivia. little piece of trivia. When he stepped off the ladder, what, what, what foot did he hit the ground first with? Actually, I think it was his left. It was his left. Yeah. Yeah. So he's right handed. Uh, in my he's right-handed and when you're right hand when whatever hand you are that's yep. you put the weight on that and so like he 
use the opposite foot to kind of step off and and you know kind of test the ground before he stepped off the ladder. So you're right, it was the left. I might have watched way too many hours. Said <laughs> back and to the left, back <laughs> and to the left. I know, <laughs> I know what you were doing. You're fucking analyzing that footage. Just be like, where's the storm or the 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 soundstage guy? You know, is that a boom mic? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you're doing. The real question is, which foot did the guy filming the moonlight? Which foot did he use? Mm. I I would assume the left as well. More people are right-handed than left-handed. How did he do that after Neil did and still get the footage of Neil doing it first? It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. And why well, did they you had, watch? They a, had... You know, India landed a, a rover on the moon. Huh. No, I must. Yeah. Re- oh, you, you have parishioners. Oh, God. Jolly old Saint Nick, you gotta, you gotta fucking watch this. Sounds shit. like we're getting into the moon. So, so okay. Had, no, 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 no. I'm just, just I'm just. <laughs> we're kind of getting into the moon. We're getting. We we're had into the moon. I, I, you know, you whispered in my ear, and the next thing you know, it's like moon boner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but uh, no. So rover, we had a- taking a rover around the nipple. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, roving around the rim. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh my god. So. We had a period of time here very recently where China was on the moon, India was on the moon, like at the same time, blah, blah, blah. India, you can go, please go watch the videos. Now, here's the thing. there You watch their videos and it is like the most CGI bullshit. I mean, it's so <laughs> funny. But the Indians being truthful, we're like, well, listen, like we had to fill in stuff with CGI because of the communication between the moon and the U.S. Or, or the, the moon and the, the Earth. It doesn't come in clear. Okay. So we had to fill in. And I'm like, That's so weird, because in 1969 looked pretty clear. Yeah, it did. So why do we need to fill in with CGI in 2023? Fuck, I can't pick up my water. The tripod's in the way. <laughs> oh, anyway, move that third leg. Oh my god! Yeah, right. Oh, anyway. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> that was way more effort than it should have been. No, you make a valid point. Why do we have to fill in CGI th- now? But in 1960, something we didn't. And please go watch the video. It's hilarious. Okay. And then at the you same time, I'm you sure I'm sure you saw the whole Putin. Thing. It's colder now that it was on the ground. So I got that going for me. Uh, no, let's talk about the Putin thing. I'm, this is your ball to run with, buddy. Uh, I'm just I'm just setting the stage. So no, uh, feel free. Uh, recently, uh, the Russian government used AI to look over all the United States uh, moon photos from the Apollo missions. Okay. And the AI determined that those photos were fake. Really? And there's a video of them giving this information to Putin, and he kind of, like, looks at the... you got to see the look on Putin's face. He's like, yeah, yeah, I fucking knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh. like, and... We already knew that. <laughs> and then it's funny around the same time that that came out, the United States then drops 
an article to kind of make that article go away. And it was how the U.S. has now used AI to enhance our moon photos from the Apollo missions. Really? So now when you search for Apollo mission AI, you get our propaganda. Not the Russian. Prior, you yeah. were getting the yeah. Russian. And, you know, like, could be both propaganda, but, you know, somebody's lying. Yeah, and, you know. yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. A lot of moon shit. Now, I'm not here to tell people whether or not we went to the moon. That's not what I want to talk about tonight. Okay. I want to talk about ghosts. Okay. Yeah. So you want me to tell my story? Is that what you're hinting at? Yeah. Okay. I want to know, baby. You told you you hinted at it a few days ago on the phone. So did you, did you get? I there may have been another. This encounter. a sexual hey, encounter? Not a sexual encounter. Um, oh, shit. I've been playing so, this up in my head. So I was out of town. This is real. No bullshit. No cap. No bullshit. This happened. This took this took place. So I was out of town. I, I got back. I was out of town from Wednesday the 13th through Tuesday the 19th. Okay. I got home, you know, the evening of Tuesday the 19th. I stayed at my dad's house in Indy because he and my stepmom were on a cruise. And so for a portion of their, their time on the cruise, I stayed at the house from the 13th, Wednesday the 13th through Sunday the 17th. Okay. And I kind of house sat, kind of just watched the house. However, they left prior to the 13th. So there was a period of time. The house was empty. The alarm was set. And my dad had, you know, cameras set up in the house. All right. So Monday night, Monday the 11th, actually technically at 1245 a.m., 1249 a.m. Central Standard Time, Tuesday morning. My phone rings. Okay. I'm awake. I was working on the newspaper. I was actually wrapping up and getting ready to go to bed. But my phone rings, and it's my dad. And that's a very odd time for him to call me. So I pick up. I'm like, hello. And I just all I hear is him go, where are you? And I'm like, my living room? And he goes, the alarm went off at the house. I didn't know if you maybe went to the house early and didn't let me know or something like that. And I'm like, nope. Nope, I'm four hours away in my living room. All right, I got to call the security company and have them send the cops. So, you know, mind you, he's on a cruise ship. He's four hours or whatever from Aruba. And, you know, he's woken up uh, by by getting an alert about his alarm. So cops go, search around the house, nothing. It's deemed a false alarm, all right? So... I then go to Indy, and uh, knowing this took place, but, you know, alarm systems are weird. No big deal, right? I go to Indy, and I stay there, and at no point did anything weird happen while I was there until about 5.30 a.m. Sunday morning, Sunday the 17th, I wake up. I'm in the guest room, and the way the bed is arranged, um, it is long ways uh, and then there's the window. Okay. So I'm laying on my stomach. My head is this way. So I'm looking in the direction of the window and there's blinds 
and the blinds were such that, you know, you can see some light coming in, but they were blocking the bulk of the light. So at 5.30 in the morning, I wake up, I open my eyes, and I will, hand to God, tell you that there was a shadowy figure of a man standing next to the bed just looking down at me. So I scream my fucking head off enough to wake up and uh, proceed to realize that there is no one standing there. I go pee, make my way back to bed, don't really fall asleep, end up getting up and, uh, you know, editing up uh, Tuesday's show that came out. The one, I think, with uh, Dave from Smoking Butts. And um, so anyway, my dad and uh, stepmom get back into town Sunday night. Um, I got a hotel because I know that if I were out of town for nine days and I got home from a trip, I would not want to have a house guest underfoot. So I got a hotel just to be nice, you know, give them a little privacy and everything when they got back. But I still went over there when they got home. So I'm telling this to my dad. And he looks at my stepmom and goes, so we hesitate to tell you this. And I'm like, what did you hesitate to tell me? What? He gets out his phone and brings up three, three videos that had been filmed. Um, I believe it was either maybe one on Sunday and two on Monday, or maybe they were all three on Monday of the living room. And there are orbs. Little orbs no. flying in these videos. Orbs no. going by. He's got three videos of orbs going by his camera. <laughs> then, then, you want to make this extra fucking weird? His camera both did not register anything at all, motion-wise, when the alarm went off. In fact, his camera malfunctioned. It literally says, failure. And it malfunctioned from 1.45 a.m., which would be 12.45 a.m. my time, so four minutes before he called me, so right when the alarm was going off, it failed from 1.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It has never done that before. When he goes back and reviews the live feed from that camera, it literally jumps from 1.45 to 3 a.m. That hour and 15 minutes is just gone, doesn't exist. So the camera cuts out, nothing, you don't see shit, there's three videos of orbs, and I'm seeing a fucking dude standing over me on Sunday morning. Uh, now, let's take this one more step further. I go to my hotel. I'm staying at the Fairfield Inn in Noblesville, Indiana, okay? And I walk into my room. And as with new hotel rooms, new-ish hotel rooms, I know you've probably encountered this, they have the motion sensor lights. So you walk in, yeah. and it's got the little plate right by the front door of the room that then turns on the lights. Well, this also had motion sensor lights in the bathroom. So when you would walk in the bathroom, an overhead light and a light over the sink would go off, okay? Or go on, I should say. Yeah. yeah. So this is all fine and good. No big deal. Sunday night, I come back from my parents' place. I settle in, watch a little TV. I shut down by, let's say, 1230. It was like 1220-something when I think I turned off you know, everything and went to bed. 1.25 a.m., I wake up, and I notice the fucking bathroom light is on. 
The bathroom light is on. So I'm like, it freaks me out. So I get up. I go in there. I hit the little buttons to turn it off. I go back to bed. About three something in the morning, I wake up. Bathroom light is on. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? So now I get up, turn it off, come back to bed. About 5 a.m., I wake up again because I have a noisy um, like furnace, air conditioner thing. So, you know, and also it was windy as fuck. Like the wind was hitting the window of my hotel room. And so I kept waking up. So at like 5 a.m., I wake up. Fucking bathroom light is on again. So now I just lay there. Bathroom light's on. I'm just laying there processing. Clicks off. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, weird. Laying there a few more minutes. I don't know how long. I will say five minutes. Maybe it wasn't five minutes. Maybe it was only, you know, two minutes. I don't know. It's kind of, you know how it is. It's hard to tell exactly how long. Fucking light clicks back on. That light was on and off all morning. So I go downstairs. I tell the lady at the desk about it. She says they're going to send a maintenance guy up during the day to look at it and blah, blah, blah. Well, I get to my room Monday evening, and uh, I don't know if he's been in there because, I mean, there's still, you know, the motion plate on there. It's not like he swapped it to a normal switch or anything. And um, sure enough, that fucking light sw- that light keeps going on and off, like, as mm-hmm. I'm in there. So I just shut the bathroom door so I could sleep throughout the night. And so I don't know if it kept going on and off throughout the night. Um, I'm assuming it did. I have no reason to think it didn't. But, uh, yeah, that light kept going on and off all night. And then I checked out. So that is my uh, encounter of the last week. we got a lot to unpack here. <laughs> First, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a series of questions. And- okay, okay. Whenever I yak later, you I want you to ask me a series of questions. Same, same way. No problem. We're investigating. Yeah. First thing that pops into my head is how long has it been since uh, you have had an encounter with a top hat man or mm. the ghost that shakes your bed at your house? Top hat man. I haven't seen top hat man in a number of years. That's been a minute. That that's been a while. Um, now the ghost that shakes my bed. Ugh, um, I you know he's been quiet. I haven't really dealt with it too much lately. Um, now I will say it doesn't come around when I'm uh, not by my when I'm when I'm you know when somebody else is in the building, uh, be it someone staying in you know, my room or someone staying in the guest room or whatever. If, if there's another person within the confines of my place, I don't really ever encounter it. But like, you know, by myself, I can't say as I've noticed it lately. So have you been to Indiana since the last time that it fucked with you? What do you mean? So like when was the last time you went to Indiana? Well, I mean, this past week. No, no, no. Before then. Uh, I mean, I've been bouncing out there a lot lately. 
I can't. I, so, I, I can't necessarily. Well, I might if Top Hat Man might be able to tell you, but anyway, continue with your question while I look. Top this Hat up. Man or Bed Shaking Man? Yeah, hasn't fucked with you for a while, and you've been going back and forth to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible you could have transported those entities? It was mid November, mid to late November. It was Saturday, November eighteenth, was the last time that I was out. In uh, do you think it's possible you transported these entities to my dad's house? house. And then once they knew you were returning, they became active. I mean, it's not unfeasible. I mean, they didn't. They haven't noticed anything strange up until these videos. So then you had to wonder, you've been driving around with Top Hat Man. Fuck. I've been driving Miss Daisy with Top Hat Man. <laughs> He's just because chilling in the back seat. I bring him up because you said you haven't seen him for a long time. I haven't seen him for a while. And you didn't say the guy at your bedside had a top hat. But I there did was not a notice guy. the top hat, but there was definitely the shape of a, of a human male standing next to the bed, all in shadow. Like, no, defer, no, no discernible, definable features. Just saying. Now, granted, though, I'm blind as a fucking bat. So if somebody's standing <laughs> so, next to me, yeah, I may not see for all, discernible For features. all you know, Top Hat Man has some big old tits. You just I, haven't seen I mean, them. maybe it might be top-loving woman for all I know, but oh I don't think that's the case. Um yeah. The feminist, and that's why she's fucking with you. She's pissed <laughs> off. That'd be more you. But yeah. <laughs> um anyway, so yeah. It's possible. Isn't that weird? No one ever says that two things. No one ever says that ghost had a nice set of tits. No one ever and I've only heard this once in my entire life that it was a Sue Squatch, not a Sasquatch, because she had big old tits. I think that's only written down one time as far as I know, I've and that's in the state of that Oklahoma. Before. <laughs> that's in the state of Oklahoma. My buddy has written more uh, published articles than anyone else on Bigfoot. Uh-huh. And he used to run, uh, oh, what do they call that shit, when they, they hear everything in the radio, they fucking, trans, fucking transponder. Ham, what ham radio shit? Oh, no, no, no. When you're the person that takes all the calls for the cops. Jesus. Why oh, am I being oh, telecommunicator. Whatever, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would get all the calls. And like this was in part of Oklahoma where there's like like record number of Sasquatch sightings. And one guy called in and said he saw a female Sasquatch crossing the road. And he said, this is unusual. How do you know it was female? And the guy goes, it had a big old set of tits. <laughs> <laughs> but you never hear yeah. a female ghost. You never hear a female Sasquatch. Just I odd. mean. Well, Dana Aykroyd got that blowjob in Ghostbusters from that female ghost. Great movie, by the way. Right, right. Great I'm, movie. I'm looking forward to the new one in March. <sighs> the last one was bad. What are you talking about? The the afterlife with the kids? No, I'm talking about the female Ghostbusters. That's not the one I'm talking about. That one that's twenty sixteen. That one's in my rear view and I'm not paying attention to that one. I'm talking about the one with the with the kids. So I'm just once the ghosts went woke, I was done. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, so don't that 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 was what. What are you gonna do? That's the real question. What are you gonna do? What am I gonna do about this ghostly thing? I have no fucking idea. I do need to message my dad and see if he can send me those orb videos. Oh, definitely. You need the orb video. I'm gonna do that right now as we're talking, just so that I can remember. Somebody out there in the parishioners need you to Photoshop an orb into uh, Nick's background and post that. Great. Don't do that shit. For all I know, Zoom's picking up on crap already, and it's like gonna show up when I review the video before I upload it. You have know? you seen have you seen the videos of people driving Teslas through graveyards? Yes. You mentioned oh, yeah. that to me. How it'll pick up on faces and shit that's not there or is oh, it yeah. there? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No. All this facial identification software picking up shit that's not there. Yeah. What was that that one I sent you the other day? That guy, he was doing different faces in the thing, and it was detailing what kind of, like, mood he was in and everything like that. And then all of a sudden... There was that face out of the doorway, and it said it was 565 years old and angry. Angry. Yeah. It's like, that ain't cool, because <laughs> yeah. his face registered as scared. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but, I mean, you know, these ghosts aren't like, you know, they're not raping you. They're not doing anything bad. They did pinch me the one time. Which is harassment. I mean, that's the closest of a physical encounter I've had, but I'm not going to lie. I don't want a physical encounter with a ghost. I don't really think you want any encounter. Really, really. not. No, no. Especially, you you're, seem you're sending me all these fucking videos of Hatman and how he's got his little army of shadow people that'll, like, hold you down and assault you in your sleep and whatnot. Well, you might have saw one of the shadow people. It's, it's possible. It was a pretty big one. So Big shadow person. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean. What, is, what, what did I your dad know. say? I got to know these. What did your dad say after all this? I mean. He was making jokes about, like, you know, take it with you, things of that nature. I mean, like, oh, yeah. You brought it here like he already knew. You brought it here. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, it was fucking weird when I'm telling him about my thing. And he's then saying how, um, well, we debated. We didn't know if we wanted to tell you about this. And then all of a sudden whips out three fucking orb videos and then proceeds to tell me that the camera, which has never failed, fucking failed at the same time his alarm system, which has never once had a false alarm, had a false alarm. Hold on. I don't like where this is going. You're telling me that orbs could have killed Epstein. It's possible now that you say that. Because they do make cameras fail. Maybe Hatman got Epstein. Maybe Hatman's in on this whole thing. Mm. Boy, what do you make of the fact that they're talking about how they may release the Epstein list now? Oh, I'll give you my two cents. One, they're not going to name the big names. No. Hey, they're going to give you a list of 180 people. None of them are going to be the big names. Unless there's some folks that have gone against the system and it's their time to burn, which I doubt. Uh, But I will say this. Let's say you're a housekeeper on Epstein Island and you witness a bunch of shit and you never fucking said anything. Guess what? You should be on the fucking list. 
Like, yeah. I'm not going to feel bad for you. No. Like, no, oh, the housekeeper's on the list. Great. Fucking burn. Yeah. Like, no, there's some truth so to that. We're not going to get what we want. I guarantee you. But it's good. I do. It's, I do think they're going to have to have some sacrificial lambs. You know? Oh, yeah. They're going to throw some people to the wolves on this thing. There's no way it's going to be a bunch of no-name people that you've never heard or, of. Or, here's the other way you do it. I would watch the timing of this list coming out. Well, that's obvious. They're going to use this to distract from something else. Or, they do release the list, and it is beyond fucked up. But there's some alien bullshit that happens at the same time. <laughs> They've been building this alien shit up. They're, I mean, we know something's going to happen this True. year. They True. keep building it up. And, oh, is that uh, your 2024 prediction that we're gonna we're gonna finally oh, that, know that there's aliens? You want my 2024 prediction? You know what? Let's end the episode with 2024 predictions. Okay. Oh, fuck it. I, cool. I, I I think that. Let's put a pin in that. Let's not forget. You and I have a habit of this, by the way, bringing something up and then fucking forgetting about it. And then like later on being like, oh, shit, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So totally yeah. True. 2024, you know, I'm going to make a note right now. I've got a little. Hatman, if you're listening, remind Nick. Um, My dad wants to make sure I'm not going to upload him somewhere. <laughs> so I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I just want to show you. So no, I just want to show the parishioners. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm telling them I'm not going to upload them anywhere. Um, if you send them to me, I won't put them anywhere, but I will tell the parishioners. I saw it. You saw it's it. Real. It's true. Um, okay. So end with 2024 predictions. Okay. Um, all right. So that was my ghost story. Do you want to get into the moon now? We've touched on the moon. I mean, for all we know, these things are connected. Okay. We don't we don't know. But I did, you know, I mentioned this a few months back. I was like, dude, I, I want to do a moon show. You did. And uh, you told me I could do a Christmas special about the moon. And you didn't want to know what I had to talk about. I didn't. I wanted this to be fresh. I wanted to be able to ask questions as they came to me. Totally fresh. Because the way you okay. put it is that Santa Claus is more real than the moon landing. Well, we can start there, actually. Um, <laughs> actually, this is a good transition. I, I was perfect. Uh, because here's here's where I feel kind of bad. You know, I've got my tinfoil hat on. I've got my Santa bullshit on. And you know what, folks? This is a damn travesty because it's really not what Christmas was supposed to be about. And then the damn pagans and their mushrooms fucking took Christmas over. And that's about the only time you'll hear me talk shit on mushrooms. But uh, the pagans and their mushrooms destroyed Christmas. If nobody understands that or knows, I'm just going to give you a little piece. You can go ahead and do your own little research. But uh, the color, if you, you don't even have to go back that far. You go back to the 1800s, the 1700s, and further and further and further back. There were always on Christmas ornaments and decorations and shit. Uh, there were elves and mushrooms. 
And a very particular mushroom, the Amadita muscaria, which is red with white dots. Yeah. Go ahead and Google that. You'll see mushrooms all throughout Christmas things, especially in Germany and uh, Scandinavia. Um, the thing about the Amadita muscaria, uh, when you eat them, they, they are very toxic. They will make you trip balls. And that's the one that uh, they're putting into the mushroom gummies. If you go to all these places yeah, and but, whatnot, they're promoting yeah. the mushroom gummies that are available everywhere. Which is, which is totally fucked because that's an actual toxic mushroom. Uh-huh. No, most psilocybin, you're there's there's you're fine. Nothing bad's gonna happen. Amadita muscaria, on the other hand, very toxic. However, you do trip. Um, reindeer, shockingly, are addicted to it. <laughs> so much so that if you were to eat Amadita muscaria and go piss in the snow, reindeer will smell it from a, a thousand miles away and come and eat the snow. They love the mushrooms. I love and this mixed... vintage selection that I just fired up. Oh, by the way. my favorite winter so, smoke. Yep. Favorite I, winter I, smoke. I did finish the candela. Fantastic. Moving on to the vintage selection. Nice little bit of saltiness on the cold draw, <laughs> you know, from the wrapper. Anyway, please continue. Sorry, I had I'm to get some saying. cigars in there because. No, you know, no, no, no. We've talked cigars, but we we're kind of shitting on some, <laughs> some lists. And I figured let's talk positively for a moment. The number 23 Wait. cigar on the uh, parishioners list this year. Hell yeah, parishioners yep. rock. So, okay. uh, so yeah, so mushrooms. So the elves, reindeer will mushrooms. eat the snow to get the Amanita mascara. Yeah, the, the reindeer love them. They try to eat them whenever they find them. A high reindeer could be called flying. Interesting how this is going. As a man, anybody out there who's eaten a large dosage of mushrooms knows the elves happen. <laughs> elves are real. So now you're starting to see the elves, the flying reindeer. It all starts to make sense. And why are they depicted in all these old, the very beginning of Christmas, always had mushrooms involved? And why are the colors of Christmas Red and white, just like the Amadita muscaria mushroom. And the green the from the evergreen trees that maybe these mushrooms grow in near. Under. They grow under them. My God, their presence under the tree. Holy shit. Well, you that, nailed it, my that, friend. That just came clicking together. You nailed it. And, uh, yeah, so the pagans took a, uh, a very important holiday and they stole it and made it a mushroom holiday. So, Huh. All right, then. Anyway, I'll talk shit on the mushroom folks for just one time. Just So now you know <laughs> I'm, I'm a very balanced human being. Yeah. By the way, I sent you the picture I took from my hotel room with the light on in the bathroom that I took from the bed. So, oh, you know, you can, you can see that. And, oh, uh, yeah, I see it. See? You got a pretty big dick, too, bro. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Parishioners, I have seen it. It's true. Hung <laughs> like a horse. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I, I, do think, I do think we should sprinkle in all this bullshit, you know, as we transition into, you know, because we always talk about three cigars you've had this week, you know? You know, I don't have that button lined up. But uh, I can. But uh, if I do, we're going to have to do one of these uh, video only segments for a split second. So how about we do that? I like how, it. how about I how about I stop? I like this, it. 
stop this and we'll go video only for a second. Folks, and, this uh, is you're going to hear shit that I won't tell anywhere else. All right. So we'll be right back to the audio. Well, guys, we are back on the audio. And yes, you did miss something on the uh, on the video. So if you want to or the, the audio. So if you want to know what was uh, just discussed, head on over to the YouTubes and check out the, uh, the little segment there. I'll tell them exactly what they missed. Oh boy! If they're good, if they're good at Latin or Google, they can figure this out. It has to do with ad astra or aspra. Okay. Well, all right then. Um, so where were we? We were talking about how Christmas was a mushroom holiday. Yeah, you know, fucking hippies. And then you Jesus. wanted to transition that into three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, three conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, I gotta hit the button again. You're talking. Hang on. Guess what, motherfucker? All right. So it's time for three cigars we smoked to enjoy this week. You know, we got all kinds of stuff going on here tonight. Um. So it's been a while since we've done this. I'll be honest. I've been really bad about keeping track, but I did remember three that I smoked this past week and enjoyed. So. Would you like to go first or shall I? You go first. My first one is the Buffalo 10 Maduro. I smoked yeah. that the other day while I was doing some newspaper deliveries. And I'll tell you, the Buffalo 10, I'm not a fan of box press. We all know that. And it's a weird box press. It's kind of a wafery, wafery box press. But <laughs> those Buffalo 10 cigars, even with the box press... When you take what they smoke like, what they taste like, and you add in that price point, I don't care. They're they're fantastic buy. Yeah. Yep. I'm a big yeah. fan of those too. Yeah. They they serve a very specific purpose, and uh, I love it. Mm -hmm. Love that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. So that's my first one. So what's your first one? Uh, so I spent uh, this past week in Miami, uh, into your meetings, getting things wrapped up. Next year. My, my, Miami. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can't help but be Will Smith as soon as you <laughs> land in Miami. It, it's, it's locked. Our, our age group, as it's, soon as you land. You hear Miami. Yeah, you hear the word. You have to. Welcome to know. Miami. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's just the way it is. So, okay. Um, And it was an absolutely wonderful uh, Christmas with the Aurora family. Uh, it could not have been any better. Uh, and we got a lot of great things done. And next year is going to be super fun for Aladino. Okay. Okay. I like hearing that. So uh, we did. Uh, we've been testing stuff, you know, some of this stuff for the past few years. Uh, get one option. We got a new product that we know is coming out next year. And we've got a name for it. And, you know, Husto says, you know, you know, these are the final blends smoke, both of them at the same time. And you tell me which one should be the cigar that we've determined the name of. Okay. The big release for next year. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I'd already had several versions of one of these cigars. And unlike all other Aladinos, it's strong as fuck. Okay. And so I already knew that smoking that cigar was going to be a lot. 
but now you didn't tell me it was that that one in the other one. cigar is also really strong oh shit <laughs> so i'm like i got my notes you know i can send you the notes that's cool um but as i'm smoking it like half both cigars are halfway done and i'm like like spin like no shit spins were happening and i was like oh my god better <laughs> <laughs> finish both of them You've been asking for strong cigars. Like, now here you yeah, go. Not, Dad's not like, double fisting, though. That's a whole different situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whole different situation. However, the one we decided on, this is what I'll say. Well, I'll save it. But the first one, the one we decided, this new cigar coming out next year, it'll come out at PCA. Uh, it is strong. It is rich and deep in flavor at the same time. Okay. But it's very strong okay so anybody out there that says i don't smoke aladino you guys don't make anything strong enough you just wait i mean the sumatra's got some strength to it dude the sumatra um was like our first foray into that to kind of gain that new smoker that doesn't usually smoke aladino yeah, toe in the water and so i will say the one thing i will say about this new cigar is that it does utilize the Sumatra wrapper. Okay, okay. Basically, we took that Sumatra, we tweaked everything on the inside, uh, aged the leaf a little further, and there will be a new product. Now, you smoke it next to what we called the Sumatra Limited last year. They're two completely different smokes. Okay. Uh, which is also cool. Um, so the Sumatra Limited will still come out next year. If you're a fan, don't worry. They'll be back in the fall. fall. Yeah. But at PCA, there's going to be something for you freaks out there that want a strong cigar. <laughs> and that would be one of the three cigars this week that I smoked. And it was delightful. So are Julio and Justo trying to compete with LFD? Go for that slit your throat kind of quotient? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, there, I'll get into it in my next cigar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my next cigar, my second cigar for ones that I enjoyed this week, ironically enough, has a tie to the Aroas, and it is the Punch Golden Era. Oh, dang. Found one of those, had to fire it up. What'd you think? I love that cigar. I've had a couple it's of a them now. Great it's a great cigar. great cigar. It, it does have this, like, again, if you're a younger smoker, you might not remember what some of the stuff from the late 90s and early 2000s was like. But it really is kind of a, it reminds me of stuff from back then that we've kind of lost. You still know when you smoke it that it's a Roa, but yeah. it's different yeah. than all the Aladino stuff it out is. there. But you still know. It's got you that. Can, like, it, mind, you would probably call it an Aladino. It's got the handwriting. But it's not saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fair. I, I I dig it, dude. It's a good cigar. And uh, when I saw it in the humidor at the place I was at, I was like, well, I'm picking that up, you know, and uh, picked that up. And I picked up the uh, other cigar that I'm going to name here in a minute. Would you call it medium? Yeah, at its fullest medium. Yes. Yeah. Fullest. Um, That's what I would say. I would probably... For at least maybe the first two thirds, say you know medium light, like it's it's yeah. I, I don't I don't think it 
I don't think it starts off as a full medium. I think it builds, but you know, but uh, it's. I think it's a very. I don't know if I would give it to somebody as their very first cigar ever, but at the same time, I maybe depending upon the person. You know, if they're a big dude and they like to eat their steaks raw and everything else or uh, rare, you know, it's like fuck it. You know, I mean, go for it. But uh, raw is good too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, what what is that? uh fuck tartar you know but, i love uh, steak tartar so yeah but anyway so what's your second one? Second one would be the other cigar i was smoking at the same time <laughs> so you're double fisting cigars you had to pick one and you liked them both yeah loved them both in fact i told Husto, i was like no 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 both of these cigars have to come out next year like not pick one and not the other. Were they similar Hell enough no. though? That not even they're no, they're not even close to similar. Okay. Uh they have two the the insides of those cigars are way different and it creates a way, way different experience. So okay. the first one I told Pusto and 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 the girls in the office, I go, the first one is James Bond. Okay. Like it's strong but suave. It's balanced but super strong at the same time. Okay. Reminds me of James Bond. The other cigar, I don't know if you watch Yellowstone. I haven't. I'm aware of it. It's on my list, but I'm sure a lot of the parishioners do. Oh, the yeah. second cigar I compared to Rip from Yellowstone. Okay. Not a lot of balance going on there. <laughs> If you if you're one of those people that like I only smoke Nicaraguans because they're spicy and blah 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 blah. This will hit your spot. You're spot. gonna get the Honduran version of that, which has different flavor profiles, but it's packed full of it's pepper forward and strong at the same time. So the other one, not pepper forward, second one, pepper forward and strong, two very different cigars for very different clientele. Okay. You might be a sick bastard like me that says, well, I would smoke this one first and that one second and then go to bed. Cool. Cool. We're going to have that. And we're, we don't have that in our portfolio. We're going to have both. However, the second cigar I mentioned, uh, that will be the first year that will be for people that have been to the farm only. Okay. Uh, which that list continues to grow. It will grow again this year when we take people to the farm. Uh, and then in 2025, then... You know, just like we did with the Candela and other things, it will be a full release after that. But we like to do something every year just for people that have been to the farm, really bought into Aladino. And this will be our newest addition to that line. And at the same time, I was like, yeah, there's no way I can pick between these two. We got to figure out a way to get both of them on the market. And uh, super pumped. Two things that we don't currently have anything close to and uh buckle up folks because now you'll be able to smoke aladino morning noon and night perfect perfect okay well um i don't have any secret uh, secret top secret blends to uh mention but my last one uh that i enjoyed was the uh placencia almafuerte colorado that's the green banded uh, oh yeah 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 so I do a great I, smoke. That's a great cigar. Placencia, man. I, you know, I, I, 
it's one of those brands that I don't smoke on the regular, mostly just due to the price point. But every once in a while, when I want something a little bit more, you know, top shelf, I, I, I will go to Placencia and dude, it never fails. It's always super smooth, super good. Construction's always on point and, uh, I get a nice, good long time out of it. So I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the red label. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you like the green as much as the red? It's different. So the red. They are different. They are different. I I think if when I'm in a humidor and I'm looking at them, I probably skew towards either the red or the or I'm sorry, the green or the black before the red. However, the red mm -hmm. in the Lancero is like amazing. Wonderful. Amazing Wonderful. cigar. Yeah. One of my favorite Lanceros on the market, period. It's really, really good. And I'm not a big Lancero guy, by and large, because, you know, I do agree with Dave. They make my fingers look fat. But uh, nonetheless, it's really So, good. wait, what you're saying is if your dick smoked Lanceros. Oh, my God. <laughs> be a big fan. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. But, you it's know. true. I gotcha. I mean. My dick's definitely no Lancero. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what's your third one there, buddy? <laughs> third cigar, you you're know, gonna hate me. I swear, I get people telling me, "Oh, the show's much more, you know, professional and high, you know, it's informative and blah blah." And then you come along, and I'm making comments like that. So next time, I'll use the term penis, and it'll be <laughs> professional. Okay. Okay. Professional. The show's more professional. There's a jackass in a tinfoil Christmas hat. Like, how professional. And look at this. Santa's got like a, a holder for the Jaeger. Little Jaeger just fits right in there. Nice. Old Santa. Oh, it's not weighing your tit down any longer. You've obviously well, that's because I was leaning back. Oh, well, and you've been drinking out oh. of it too, so that helps. It was it was that might help. It was a full bottle when you started. Yeah, the show. when I tried before, I was <laughs> yeah, like, I was I like, can't go on the show like I this. Like, I was like, oh damn, dude, you might want to go look to get that looked at. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so okay, what's your third, third one? Third cigar. I was told that if I talk about, it, I'll get fired. Well, well, we don't want you to get fired. But I will say this. It's unlike anything this entire industry has ever had or experienced. It is a true unicorn. And for all that shit we talked earlier about how, you know, this makes the industry, you know, the list makes the industry not look innovative. Doesn't look like we've changed. Yeah. This third cigar I'm talking about that will come out this next year. I swear. Number one, ever seen this blend anywhere? And I guarantee you, you've never had this flavor. You're going to have to try it when it comes out. Okay. It's going to be limited, but go get it. Unicorn, the whole marketing campaign is going to start here before you know it. Okay. Okay. Big yep. news. No timeline No timeline on when, when, when that's coming? Oh, it will debut at PCA. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. But it won't ship until later in the year. Okay. All right. But yeah, at peace. So between now and PCA, there's going to be a nice old fun marketing campaign. Okay. And uh, trust me, unlike anything that's ever been done. All right. Well, we'll stop talking about it so you don't get fired. I don't want to get fired. Well, I know. I mean, I don't want you to get fired. So I don't have to have Joel on. Although on if I were going to fire somebody, it would be over this hat. Not what I just said. <laughs> 
Oh, let's be real. There's probably all kinds of things you've said on this show over the years that probably would have gotten you fired from different places. But, uh, you know. What I love about this industry. Who still lets you go? So This industry is good, too. I mean, this whole industry is very, you know, we like to give the middle fingers. Why not? Why not? Have a little fun. Okay, so do we have more moon talk? We keep bouncing around on the moon. We haven't even started the moon talk, buddy. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, then, how about we do this? Are you ready? How about we do this now, and then we can get to the moon? Yeah. It's time for the Villager Cigars Entertainment Report, brought to you by... Villager. Villager Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family-owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villager Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. You know, this vintage selection is just a little smokestack. It is just giving off so much wonderful smoke. Anybody watching on the YouTube sees that my I keep the way I'm blowing it, it keeps going right at the lens and just like it'll fog up my my view. But uh oh my gosh, it's just wonderful. Let me tell you this. Uh we did just release uh like a week ago, uh, we have a Rothschild sampler pack that comes in these really cool European packages Yeah, that we typically only do for Europe. Now we're doing it for the U.S. Three Rothschilds. The one you're smoking is one of them in there. The Coroho is also in there. Oh, okay. Also a New Connecticut. I call it New Connecticut because we haven't given them out to many stores. You should have Dan. We should hook Dan up or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because we kind of just put them as a test market at first, like you know the Aladino lounges, which there's news there too. Okay. Uh, the Aladino lounges, and everybody was like, "I don't know what's different about this Connecticut, but it's freaking phenomenal." I like the Connecticut you already have, so yeah. And I I didn't know, and somebody might have tipped me off, like it it may be a different blend. I don't maybe. Okay. So, yeah, we do have Rothschild samplers. They'll technically they're now available to everybody. Now that the test market was everybody went nuts for them. Uh, 24 bucks MSRP for three Rothschilds in this cool Aladino box. I dig it. So, uh, sounds like a nice and, Christmas gift, last minute Christmas gift for people if they can get yeah. their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, dig it, dig it. So, okay. So, okay. so what have you been watching lately? What are you, or I should say, what have you been listening to, consuming, entertainment-wise? Number one, I'll tell you about that. But number number two, <laughs> wait, what? Billiger, <laughs> another another cigar that people think of as like, oh, this just X, Y, and Z. No, it's not. Go try some of the Villager stuff. I it's fantastic. Agree. They don't advertise, so they're not on any of these bullshit lists. Yeah, they have yeah. some great stuff out there. I do think, um, you know, after talking to Renee, uh, the way they're kind of building their brand in terms of store placement and everything, uh, middle country is definitely uh, a, a, a dead zone for them. You know, they're kind of on the coast yeah. and everything. And um, so they're, they're making their way slowly into the market. And, um, you know, so we're, we're doing what we can to give them some some name ID, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they make some fantastic cigars. Agreed. Yep. 
But we're talking about three things that we watched. We right? did. Well, well, just whatever you watched. Didn't have to be three. Whatever, whatever I watched. So I, I haven't been able to watch a lot of movies. You know, driving and watching movies are not conducive. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, flying and watching is great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. on this effed up flight from Miami, uh, I did watch uh, the, was it the vampire, uh, the the last trip of the Dem- Demeter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah. wanted to see that. Was that good? I got to admit, better than I was anticipating. Okay. Uh, I, it could be better than it is. Okay. But it is good. It's a little it's here's what I like about it. It's not regurgitated bullshit that is everywhere today. Yeah. It's actually a different spin or a spin off of a partial part of the story of Dracula. Yeah, it's the trip between uh, Transylvania and, and England, correct? And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is a story that really hasn't been told in the movies. So yeah. I was like, oh, a fresh story. Cool. So the story is cool. It's it could have been better executed, okay. but it was still good enough to keep me captivated. And in fact, I would say it's rewatchable. Okay. I'm not saying it's great, but it's rewatchable. Okay. All right. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid I'll, for not having know. any. They don't really have many big time actors in yeah, it. It seemed like it was kind of a small thing. You know, but I liked the concept. I liked the idea behind it. So, um, yeah, I would say you need to watch. You should watch it. Okay. Okay. Have you seen Godzilla minus one? Godzilla minus one. It's the newest Japanese Godzilla movie. It's been in. So it's like it's been in theaters. Oddzilla. Ish. But um, but it's set. (laughs) It's set uh, right after World War Two and. I mean, I can't say enough about this movie. This was easily one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. I mean, and 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 I don't mean, oh, you know, Godzilla. I mean, like, dude, this is a really, really quality movie. Like, there's a lot going on in this movie. So it centers around this guy who was a kamikaze pilot, and basically he chickened out, and, um, you know, he didn't he didn't do the suicide run. He ended up at this like base to like have his plane repaired, and the people there were like, "There's nothing wrong with your plane." Well, then Godzilla like shows up, and whatever. Well, most of the guys there end up, I, whatever. I don't want to spoil anything. Well, the war ends. He goes back home. People know that he was a kamikaze pilot, and when they realize, "Hey, you're back," they're like, "You're dishonorable. You dishonored yourself. You dishonored your family, and all this kind of shit." So they're playing on all that. He's got to rebuild his life, you know. And uh, he takes in this woman and a baby um, who uh, were like left without anybody after the the bombings and ever. And I mean, it's fucking crazy. So he's like, you know, starting his life in like a slum, basically. And eventually Godzilla comes back and he has to help that. And the Navy uh, or the 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 other nations, United States and all, they won't let the military handle Godzilla officially because um they don't want tensions between russia and the united states to flare up by you know letting japan have their boats back so like civilians basically are tasked and and former navy officer former navy people from the japanese navy have to 
essentially volunteer to go and man these like boats to go and take on Godzilla. And dude, it's fucking crazy. And the CG in this thing was amazing. And for the budget they had, I mean, there's no reason on earth Marvel movies should cost as much as they do to make if you're getting this kind of quality out of the money they spent on that. So I'm telling you, man, it's it's a great fucking movie. But they just announced that they're going to re-release it. Uh, it might still be in theaters in some places. It's it's actually making good money. Um, but they're going to do an, an alternate version um, in 2024 where it's in black and white. Oh, now that I would be interested. And, the, and see, that. and not just that, they're not just throwing a filter on it and calling it a day. They went like frame by frame and adjusted it so that it's properly done in black and white. Okay. That I dig. That yeah. sounds yeah. freaking cool. It's fucking crazy. But like the part when Godzilla comes on land and trashes the city, dude, it's intense, man. And you know everybody dies of radiation poisoning. Even if they survive the city, you know like Godzilla irradiated everybody. So uh, you you didn't think that the CGI wasn't over the top? It was balanced and dude, well it, done. It, it was great. I thought it was really, yeah. really good. So, yeah. And see, and that was the whole thing with Godzilla. You always knew Godzilla was about to attack a boat or an area because the fish would start dying in the water yeah. because he's fucking radioactive. And so, like, when he's approaching, they always know he's approaching because all the fish start dying around him. And then all of a sudden, there's Godzilla. So, I mean, it's little things like that. Oh, it's a fantastic movie, dude. So, it, when did you say the, the black and white supposed to come out? Hold on. I feel like it's next year sometime. Let me see if I can Google. Is that going to be in theaters too, or I would have? I mean, it's supposed to be, um, but I don't know um, if it's going to be a limited kind of deal or. Um, well, I get. Oh fuck! They're saying that it's going to Japanese theaters for a limited black and white, which means they're probably. Oh, I would I would watch it in Japanese in black and oh, white. To me, dude, that's artistic. No, no, no. When you go to the theater, like when I watched it at the theater now in color, it is in Japanese. It's subtitled. You have to you have to do the subtitle thing. Yes. So this is this is the purest possible way to see a Godzilla movie. I mean, we're not talking where it's like blah, 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 you know, and like lips aren't matching voices and all kinds of shit like that. But yeah, it's heading to Japanese theaters in early 2024, which means it'll probably be a bonus feature or alternate way to view it. Like when it eventually hits like home video or, or I mean, yeah. or, of course we're not even really doing fucking physical media anymore, but you know what I mean? I'm sure by streaming they'll have it somehow or another, but, um, but yeah, if, if you're around a theater and it's showing Godzilla minus one, it's awesome. Okay. It's, awesome all right uh i'll actually put that on my list usually uh, they, that type of i'm like it's just gone too far for me and there's no artistic ability to it this sounds like oh dude there's a legit story behind this and everything i mean like no this is this is a good movie that just happens to have a giant lizard that trashes cities well yeah okay a movie i watched recently is actually fits into this whole paradigm yeah uh i know i did watch it in the theaters when it came out yes i was a nerd that sought out theaters that showed this show but if you haven't seen it it's black and white it's called the lighthouse 
Have you seen it? No, I don't know that one. So the lighthouse, you talk about artistic ability in several different ways. It's really, if I had to break it down, if I had to write an article about the movie and I had to make it short and sweet for everybody to understand, I would say it's technically the story of Prometheus told by two dicks inside of a dick playing with their dicks. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, I swear to God, anybody out there that's seen that movie knows exactly what I mean. Two dicks inside of a dick playing with their dicks. The okay. story of Prometheus. All right. The God of Fire. Yeah, yeah. All right. But it is, it is really good. Okay. All right. It's one of the weirdest right. movies you'll ever see. I <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I watched Tusk, and that's a weird fucking movie, let me tell you. Tusk is weird, but I think Eraserhead's weirder. Okay. I, I like both of them. I like both of them. Yeah. Okay. Or Bone Tomahawk. If you haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. Can't say that I've seen that one either. So Bone Tomahawk. Let me put in a push for that movie. <laughs> if you fucks haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. If you're a fan of fucked up shit in Westerns, Bone Tomahawk is for you. Okay. It's a long, it's a long movie. I mean, this thing's like pushing three hours, which is why a lot of people hate it. It's a cult favorite. Yeah. But for like the first hour and a half of this, no, it's not. It's more like two hours long, but it seems like three hours. Trust me. Okay. The first like hour and a half of this movie, you're like, oh, this is a pretty decent Western with big Western actors in it. It's a pretty, you know, it's following. It's lulling you to sleep is what it's doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is another boring Western that's following the same storyline as every fucking Western. And then one thing happens. That you're not prepared for. And it just turns on a dime. And the last 30 minutes of that movie are the most fucked up shit you'll ever watch in television. So it's a genius movie that lulls you, just keeps you just interested enough, lulls you to sleep. And then all of a sudden, fucked up shit. My dad loves Westerns. We watched it together um, over Thanksgiving and. He was like, oh, you know, he, he just likes watching Westerns all day. They don't need any crazy shit. Yeah. And he's watching yeah. it, and I know what's coming. And then all of a sudden, the last 30 minutes hit, and after the movie's over, Dad just slowly turns to me, and he giggles, and he goes, the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like, oh, yeah. It gets you. It, it fucks with your head. I love it. Okay. Okay. The other thing I've seen recently, I did go and see this in theaters, um, I saw Wonka. How was it? I liked it. I actually really liked it. Um, Timothy Chamelay or Chamelay or yeah. whatever. The Wonka. Dude, he was fantastic. Hugh Grant as the little Oompa Loompa is my favorite thing ever now. I mean, that's how I think Hugh Grant ought to be in all of his movies is a little Oompa Loompa form. Um, he was a dick. I've, he was an utter dick. And it was amazing. It was great. I've heard it's it's so different than the other previous. Well, so it's a prequel. So this is how Wonka like gets into the chocolate business and his first encounter with Mr. Slugworth and the other chocolatiers and you know and all this and and uh, you know the, yeah it's it it kind of gives like a little background of you know uh, him him getting his chocolate and and doing his little empire and stuff like that, but. You know, and and it ends with him getting like 
the facility that he's going to turn into the uh, the factory. So, you know, oh. so this is not a remake of the Gene Wilder movie at all. This is this is like before that, and um, you know, the music's good. I mean, it is kind. Of, I, I hesitate to call it a musical because. Um, it's not like it's music the whole way through. There's plenty of parts where there's not music, but there are plenty of, of musical, you know, numbers throughout. And uh, so I, I would say it's a, a soft musical, but it, dude, it was really, really good. It was very entertaining and I liked it. So Wonka, Wonka was good. A good date movie. It is indeed a good date movie. I don't know. I mean, kid movie, I'd say maybe 10 and above. I don't know if it's got enough to like enthrall a kid that's younger, but uh, it's not as bright. And I mean, parts of it are very bright and colorful, but it's there's definitely parts that are a little bit more dour. But um, but it, it, it quality movie really do enjoy it. Okay, dig that. Yeah, you've given me some new things to look at. Okay. Well, fantastic. So, um. Now that we've hit all of the various segments, um, <laughs> what uh, what what else do you have to say about the moon? What haven't has not been said. About I, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot that's been said, but I feel like you had you had things about the moon that you wanted to. Uh, I just to, to touch on. I just and, uh, want and, people uh, to open their minds. I want them to just think outside the box. You know, uh, this is to me, this was things I'd never thought about. Always talk shit on the moon landing, blah, 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 blah. I've always done that. Well, last time you were on, you had a lot of quotes about how the moon doesn't yes. make sense and how theoretically the moon isn't even real. So, like, I mean, yes. So I've been recently, like the last six months, really getting into some of these anomalies and trying to piece things together. So all I'm going to do tonight in this time that we've got left, and I don't know how much time we have left. Wait, but I mean, we got as much as you want, but I mean, we have we have gone probably about two hours now. So, you know. Oh, my God. Know. This is an epic Christmas. This is special. an epic Christmas special. You know what? It's Christmas. People have time to fucking listen to this. You yeah. Know? Hey, you listen, know? listen, folks. Who wants to sit around the campfire and listen to their wife bitch about this and that and the mother-in-law being like why didn't you get me this present and why didn't you give me god get away get in your fucking tent like nick has here light a stogie or two and listen to this show get I'm away ready to fire up my third to be honest hell We've, yeah I've gone christmas a, special a busto and a rothschild so far here <laughs> christmas special now what I'm about to say, a lot of controversial shit that a lot of you folks have probably never heard. And I want the chat, like, post it. You think I'm saying some bullshit? Say it. I want you to say it. You know, I'm just going off of what I've read recently. I've been going down a rabbit hole, and I'm here just to open up your mind. Okay. Make you think okay. a little bit. Okay? So, Are we ready? You want to go to class? Let's go to class. Okay. So, like I said earlier, a lot of things I we're we're told a lot of bullshit, a lot of bullshit. And now that the internet is out and we can read all these other things, it's just like, wait a minute, have we been lied to forever? You know, and it, for me, it started with the moon landing. Hold on, this doesn't make any sense. Let me do this. That's not logical. 
but people have been brainwashed, brainwashed through the bullshit media. So at least we have information out there that gives us a different point of view. You can make your own conclusions. But I want to start tonight with a quote from Robin Brett, who works for NASA. Robin says, quote, it's easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. Okay. Okay. So then that gets the wheels a turn in a little bit. Let's go a little further. So I went back as far as I could here, all the way back to ancient Greece. Um, and I first found a man by the name of Plutarch. Plutarch. Plutarch, Plutarch who is a Greek historian. Uh, but I also found writings from um, Aplonius, uh, Stadius, and Lucian, uh, and a few other Romans that I forgot to write down that uh, said the same words. Uh, but Plutarch talked a lot about uh, uh, the Presolanos people, which are actually the Arcadians. Now, Presolanos translates directly to uh, people that came before the moon. That's that's its direct translation. Okay. And Plutarch and these other Greek historians and some Romans talked about how the Arcadian folks were on Earth before the moon. They were pre-lunar people. Now, what do we know about the Arcadians? Well, if you remember the movie 300, they were in the movie 300, and it wasn't bullshit. Uh, the Arcadians were a tribe of Greeks uh, who somehow, way, always withstood Sparta, and they remained independent from Sparta, which we all know is not an easy task. For sure. So people are not to be fucked around with. No, they kicked and they in the pits. Yes, and yeah. they also yeah. joined Sparta in the fights against the, the, the Persian Wars. Mm -hmm. So these people are not bullshit. They didn't necessarily write about it, but all the other Greek historians always wrote that the Arcadians were people that existed before the moon. Okay. Uh, okay. Very interesting stuff. In fact, Aristotle wrote that the, and I can't, you know, I can't speak Canadian and I can't speak Greek either. Uh, but Aristotle wrote that the Pelasignians, uh, which is means the Presolanos people, live in an area as old as time at a time when the moon did not exist. So even Aristotle wrote about these things. So the list of people that have wrote about these exact same words, this is, there's a little, it's a little weird. Okay? okay. So now you're sitting here thinking like, wait a minute, people that existed before the moon, how, how is that possible? Okay. Same thing is true on the opposite side of the world. Let's go to Bolivia, to Tiwanaku, uh, which is an ancient site. Uh, it actually, it's dates, it's older than Gobekli Tepe. Which, if any of you weird fuckers out there, you know, Gobekli Tepe is very ancient. If you don't know about Gobekli Tepe, I urge you all to start learning. But Tiwanaku in Bolivia is even older. The site dates back to, as of right now, what we think is uh, 
13,500 BC. 13,000 years BC, and it was a community that had some really interesting carvings and major structures, which if you'd have talked to mainstream people even 10 years ago, they would have said, no, that's not possible. It doesn't exist. Yeah, well, fuckers, there it is. Y'all been lying to us forever. But in Tiwanaku, the symbols actually show the date of the moon being built. There is dates where there's no moon, and then all of a sudden there is the moon, and they also have writings that describe a smaller satellite that existed before the moon. So here we have two ancient cultures on opposite sides of the world talking about people before the moon. Mm-hmm. How is tell me how that's possible? I mean, it's weird. There's all sorts of questions. I mean, you have pyramids built all over the place by people that did not and should not have been able to share, you know, information, and yet here we are. There's a lot of weird shit. Okay, that doesn't get covered by mainstream folks. A lot of really weird shit, folks. Go look into it. But Gobekli Tepe, for many reasons, worth looking into. Uh, Same with uh, Tiwanaku. Okay, so that kind of, I'm like, okay, so there's some credence to this moon thing is strange thing. And people before the moon, let's talk about this. So I get a little little further into it. Uh, I decided, like, who, who should I go to? NASA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Reserva. That's it what I'm a- ending my night with. So, bedtime smoke. I gotta, if I'm gonna listen to this, I gotta get myself this guy going. So, please continue. Love it. Yes. Okay. So, I wanted to see what NASA had to say. Now, folks, if you don't know the history of NASA and its origins, you might want to. It's basically a Nazi organization. Uh, <laughs> it is, you know, people say that. When anybody somebody tells me that, uh, oh, uh, World War II, we defeated the Nazis. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we, we stole the Nazis. We defeated we, Germany. We absorbed them. We took them in and we created NASA with Warner Von Braun and several others uh, that took our space program to new heights very rapidly. So I want to hear what the Nazis had to say, and I talked to which I don't. I think that gets you demonetized on uh, YouTube. So my apologies. Uh, we talk about tobacco. That I've been demonetized long before. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, NASA is a quote uh, here that says uh, the fundamental question of how the moon formed and how it relates to the Earth is really the most important of all the unknowns says Nua Petro, who's a research scientist at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. It is the most important of the unknowns, which is, I thought that was strange because there's a lot of important unknowns. Mm -hmm. When I see somebody from NASA say the most important unknown is the origin of the moon, I'm like, okay, let's keep going. So then I decided, let's just get into the basics of the moon. You know, let's look at its orbit. Okay. Okay. The moon's orbit is extremely close to the Earth. In fact, it's the largest moon in relation to its host planet 
and not only our solar system, but in anything we have currently found. Huh. So our moon is the largest moon in relation to the host planet, which is bizarre. Uh, but this is actually what makes the solar eclipse possible. It's not just the size, it's also the distance between the Earth and the moon. And when you start thinking that, like, now, wait a minute, we have a really unusually large moon, and somehow it's also in the perfect distance, not only distance between the Earth and the moon, but also the perfect distance between the moon and the sun, to block which makes it sun. even possible for a solar eclipse. The odds of that are so tiny that you would need a multiverse theory to for that to even happen. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that I found that very interesting, which is when I then came across my first Isaac Asimov quote. Isaac has a lot to say about the moon. He was very interested in it. If you don't know about Isaac Asimov, go read iRobot to start. Go from there. But Isaac Asimov said, there is no astronomical reason why the moon and the sun should fit so well. It is the sheerest of coincidences and the and only the Earth among all planets is blessed in this fashion. Hmm. So Isaac was even like, somehow we're the only people blessed with this ability for eclipses. No one else gets this. Okay. So we know that the moon is big, right? So I was like, let me get into this, you know, that's what she said. Bigger is better sort of thing. Okay. How Just how big is the moon compared to other moons? I don't know. So if we use our solar system as a reference, our moon should be 40 miles in diameter. Okay. Our moon is, our moon is 2,000 miles wide. Huh. This isn't seen anywhere else in the known universe. Nowhere else. Okay. So it's not just a little bit bigger than it should be. It's a lot bigger. It's a lot a bit bigger. Yeah. So yeah. now if if you're a scientist and you want to fight me on this, you say, well, Trey Mac, listen, that's because it's not really just a moon. It, we're a double planet system. Like Pluto and its quasi-moon that's two-thirds the size of Pluto we also know we don't even consider Pluto a planet. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah, so here's the other thing. When there are uh, a dual planet system or a double planet system, the barycenter of those planets aligns and creates a wobble on one of them. So if that were true, then the barycenter of Earth and the moon should create a wobble on the moon. Now, the moon has a very, very slight wobble, but our moon also has the most perfect orbit of anything recorded in the fucking universe. Hmm. Okay. Okay. The most perfect orbit. The moon is also locked in orbit, which is why we say there's the dark side of the moon. The moon does not spin. It is locked in orbit. This is not, it, it does occur, but it's also highly unusual. So what we already have here is not just one anomaly. We have a series of anomalies. 
And once you start stacking anomaly on top of anomaly on top of anomaly, you're like, this isn't possible. It is very weird. I'll give you that. Taking everything that you're saying at face value, it's very, very weird. What else do we know about the moon that might be a little strange? Because most people go ahead and say that, well, the moon was created, uh, you know, something hit the earth or these two planets collided and one broke off, blah, 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 blah. Like there's a lot of that's that's the typical theory. Mm-hmm. However, there's water on the moon. And there's actually a lot of water on the moon. Which is one reason why uh, when you see the NASA photos and you see the imprint of the person's boot on the moon, that's only possible if there's moisture in that sand. If there's no moisture, there's nothing to coagulate. There's no form. Oh, you wouldn't have the ridges. Yeah. So what I'm saying here actually kind of boosts the theory that we did go to the moon. But we actually know there's not just a little bit of water in the moon. There's a lot. In fact, the poles have a lot of water. Uh, there's water underneath certain parts of the moon that are frozen. There's there's plenty of water on the moon, which is weird. And I go back to Noah Petro at NASA, and he says the fact that there's water on the moon discounts completely the theory of an impact between the Earth and the moon. So the moon did not come from an impact with the earth that's not how it was created which is how most moons are created okay he says this discounts that and then he says i love this quote we just don't know why there is water on the moon and we'd certainly like to find out okay nasa okay nasa you know you can't figure it out okay so I'm finding more and more. I, I keep going down this rabbit hole. Let's keep going. Because I've got a lot of shit that makes me interested, but I'm still not getting hardcore stuff, right? Okay. Let's get into the density of the moon. Okay. So perhaps the moon doesn't wobble because it's not as dense. Maybe that's why there's no wobble, right? Okay. However, if the Earth and the moon were created at the same time, due to some sort of collision, we would be made up of similar things that would make our densities very similar. Mm -hmm. So why is the Earth so much more dense than the moon? And I'm not talking like a little bit more dense. Turns out it's a lot more dense. Okay. Dr. Sean C. Solomon from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology says, quote, The lunar orbiter experiments vastly improved our knowledge of the moon's gravitational field, indicating the frightening possibility that the moon might, in fact, be hollow. Oh. Isn't that... Now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone from NASA said this shit. Okay. I'm digging the quotes, by the way. I like that you're bringing the receipts. You got to look at the receipts. Yeah. Okay. So that led me. I'm like, okay, hollow moon, you know, hollow earth is bullshit. We hear crazy people talk about that, but now I'm like, wait a minute, hollow moon. This is NASA's talking about hollow moon. Okay. So NASA actually went ahead and conducted some seismic experiments on the moon by crashing objects into it. Yes. This is how, how much of a troglodyte we really are. 
We're like, let's put some seismic things on the moon and like crash some things into it. Let's beat it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll give us seismic data. What do you think they found? The moon, when hit by something, rings for over an hour like a bell. Really? Yeah, it rings. In fact, that first experiment then led Apollo 17. It's called the Apollo 17 Project, which was also called Chapel Bell for a reason. It's very interesting that those tests still remain classified. Hmm. Okay. 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 So we're not the only people doing we're we're not the only Nazis doing this. The Soviets got a bunch of Nazis out of that war too. In 1970, they were on the same path we were, and they decided to do their own experiments on seismic activity with the moon. And they proposed that the moon isn't just hollow, they went a step further. This is 1970. Moon isn't just hollow. It's an artificial spacecraft. Okay. So the Soviets are like, they're going past us. It's a spacecraft. And they brought up the issues with the craters, not just the the experiments of crashing things in and reading seismic activity. Yeah. They're like, well, let's look at the craters of things that have already crash into the moon because we know craters that have hit the earth have caused numerous extinctions uh we have huge craters that you can look at well that's why we're not living in jurassic park exactly it's it's a well-known fact so surely the moon's been hit by those same things right you would turns out they turns out they have many 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 times there's enormous craters on the moon you can see them with your telescope all over the place, pockmarks. Okay. However, there's one big, big, big difference between their craters and ours. Ready for this shit? Okay. No matter how big the crater on the moon is, and some of these things are like 60 miles long, the crater will be 60 miles wide. Yeah. Right? No matter how large the crater is on the moon, nothing penetrates more than two miles. Which doesn't make sense because the larger the object, the further it penetrates. Well, especially since there's no ozone layer on the moon to like, you know, kind of burn up some little stuff. I mean, like, because we get pelted with shit all the time, but though it typically burns up in the ozone layer. Yeah, they're getting a direct shot. Yeah. And yet... Nothing penetrates more than two miles, no matter how big the crater is. What kind of protective shell does this? I I don't know. Sounds sounds like a protective shell. And that's where the Soviets were like. And if it's ringing like a bell that does, I mean, is it metal? Certainly getting a little strange, okay? Wasn't there a right, movie so, not too long, a couple years back, about how the moon was really a giant machine that was like something? If I haven't seen this, I need to. I feel like, the, hang on, you continue, I'm going to Google. Is this the one where the moon is crashing into Earth? Maybe. Um. Hang on. Moonfall. 
Yeah, that's when the moon's crashing into Earth. Sci-fi disaster, uh, blah, blah, blah. It ranks as among the stupidest, most ridiculous movies to come out from a director, and that's saying something. It was Roland Emmerich. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I kind of want to. Uh, it's uh, 2022, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the one about you know, yeah, the moon basically falling into the earth. But but I, in that movie, it turns out the moon is hollow, but it's a giant machine built by aliens. Well, folks, it might not be that stupid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And this is even this is the kind of great information out. that you can only get on the cigar pulpit. You're not getting this shit on the cigar authority. No, no, <laughs> you got to come to the pulpit. Right. I mean, you know, I just I wear this tinfoil hat for fun, but I'm trying to get you guys to listen and start using your brains. Think logically. This is what NASA does. Those Nazis think logically and they're telling you they don't know certain things. So maybe I should pay attention. OK, so speaking, anyway, so speaking of NASA, let's go back to NASA. OK. Dr. Gordon McDonald of NASA says, if the astronomical data is reduced, it is found that the data required that the interior of the... Okay, let me start over. If the anatomical data is reduced, it is found that the data require that the interior of the moon is less dense than its other parts. Indeed, it would seem that the moon is more like a hollow than a homogeneous sphere. Okay. So basically, he's saying that the data that NASA has says that the interior is less dense than the exterior. Okay. Okay. Why is that weird? It's literally the opposite of every solar body we know of in the known in the known solar system, the known galaxy, everything we know, every other solar body, the inside is more dense than the outside. Not our moon. It's the opposite. Want to get even more weird and go back to that movie maybe a little bit? Why not? The dust. You know, you see the you see the shit on the moon and it, it's, you know, it's got this dust. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The samples that we've gotten back from our rovers... And the drilling that the, the little rovers have done indicate that the dust on top of the moon is older than the rock beneath it. Hmm. I can only now think why of would that one, be? I can only think of one way. Is if it's if you're mining if it's placed there? If you're mining. Oh, and hollowing it out. And, yeah. Why would the dust be older than a rock? Yeah. Well, then I would think NASA would want to mine. Or somebody would want to, like, get up there and just start drilling. And just go get Bruce Willis and his team. Well, not Bruce Willis anymore. Yeesh. That, that was harsh. Sorry, Bruce. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pour one out for my homie Bruce. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we can get Ben Affleck. He was up on that mission. We can get Ben Affleck and the rest of the team up. Steve Buscemi, real Steve baby. Buscemi? Yeah, I think, yeah. Steve right? Buscemi was in that, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Anyway, uh, whatever, ironically, whatever. here's here's another place we're getting our ass kicked. Uh, I believe it was Japan just landed on an asteroid last week, and they sent pictures. Ah. And it's horrifying, actually. It's, oh, God. 
looks like Top Hat Man. Oh, God. Freak, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a weird thing. The well, dust is older that. than the rock. Uh, no, it's a it's a it's a very basic photograph, but it's terrifying. Like it is black. Oh, black. black. Oh, God. You see it? Yeah. I just yeah, Googled Jap- not a- Japan asteroid pictures. And, uh, it's not a happy place. No, well, I mean it's a big dark rock, but yeah, though yeah. that oh my gosh, yeah, that's. Um, so they're actually trying to they see did if they find, can drill. They did find on that asteroid the chemical compound uracil, one of the building blocks of RNA, in just ten milligrams of material from the asteroid. Isn't that interesting? Little panspermia. They're saying life on Earth may have come from asteroids. Panspermia. Panspermia. I just like saying that word. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So, yeah. I'm not saying if you jerk off into a pan that that's going to create something. But anyway. It's a universal cream pie. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Speaking of of universal cream pies, Erwin Shapiro. Oh, God. It's probably the astro- only time that Erwin Shapiro's ever been connected to that phrase, but okay. You should get him on the show. Yeah, I'm sure he would love to be associated with that. <laughs> anyway, so Erwin Shapiro. Erwin Shapiro. He's an astrophysicist at Harvard University. Oh, I definitely this- think he would be loving yes. that phrase. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the guys he at says- Harvard. He says, quote, now this is important because all I've done is list off like 30 minutes of anomaly after anomaly after anomaly, and they start to add up. This mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Irwin says, looking at all the anomalies and unanswered questions about the moon, the best explanation for the moon is an observational error. It doesn't exist. So... Is he saying that it doesn't exist as we think it exists, or is he saying that like he's saying it, it doesn't make any sense? Well, like as obvi- far as obviously, as, when you're he's taking, saying that if you if you use physics, it shouldn't be there. But is but he, it, but something is, is so? Is he saying that there's nothing there, and we're all like no, no, no? He's saying that something is there. Or something? That, okay, okay. He's saying that it's there, but it's not a giant but, floating rock like we think it is. Yeah, it definitely shouldn't be there. Okay. It doesn't make sense. Okay, okay. Um, and that kind of like those are that kind of ends like here's a list of a lot of anomalies. I I urge you folks go look into if there's astrophysicists and people in the chat. You know, come on, call me up. Tell me I want to learn. Tell me I'm Riri. Let me know. <laughs> uh, put it put it out there. Okay. Because honestly, if you really break this down, anomaly by anomaly, you can scientifically explain each of the anomalies. That's not the problem. The problem is that you have so many anomalies stacked on top of each other that making one of them, oh, that's an anomaly. You'd be like, wow, that's weird. That should never have happened. But when you have 15 or 20 anomalies. Yeah. It starts to be like, even if you can explain all of them, how did all of them occur? And how did all of them just happen to squeak by? No sense. It makes no sense. Okay. Now I want to talk. We've been, I called out the astrophysicists, the smart people in the chat. Let me know. Trey Mac, 
you're you're bullshit. And I'm like, I want to learn. Tell me. Tell me how I'm bullshit. Let's learn. But I want to talk to the common folks out there. Cops, nurses, cigar store owners. You know what I'm talking about. It's called the werewolf effect. I know what you're about to get to. What happens during a full moon? If Everybody you're a cop, gets fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. If you're a cop, a nurse, or a cigar store owner, you witness it on a regular basis. Uh-huh. And there are plenty of statistics that show it's very true. In fact, my three major breakups in life, I went back and looked up the dates, and they were all on full moons. I'll be damned. I was I was left on three full moons, buddy. Okay. Yep. But go back, talk to these people, or if you're a nurse or you're married to a nurse, ask her, is this real? Do you have more weird shit happen on full moons? As someone who's dated several nurses, I guarantee I know what she'll say. I'm sure a lot of bartenders would also agree with this phenomenon as well. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I don't know how many times running a store, it would be like, I mean, a night that just made no, like, weird shit. Yeah. Walk outside and be like, it's full moon. Yeah, full moon. Full moon. Huh. So, okay. So, So here's the question. What's your tie with that, though? Here's the question. Again, it's another thing that just doesn't make sense. And again, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of science. Well, it changes the tidal waves and blah, blah, blah. Well, why does that affect our brainwave? Why okay. does it affect our brainwave? And not only that, why? This is the better question. Why is it always negative? Okay. Well, I sure. have no We're answer. not having good shit happen on full moons. Uh, And I have no answer for this, but I find it odd that it doesn't just create chaos because if the moon being closer to the earth just created chaos, Mm -hmm. you would have chaos of good and chaos of bad. You don't. You have only chaos of the negative type, which I find interesting. In fact, if I were going to run, I don't know, an experiment. Perhaps. Maybe that's how it Anyway, just something to think about for the people out there. Now, as I'm wrapping this up, the last thing I came across uh, of significance was a man named Carl Wolf. Now, Carl uh, was with the U.S. Air Force. He was a precision electronics photographic repairman. So he just repaired photographic equipment for the Air Force. Okay. He was also top of the top, so he had what they called a top-secret crypto clearance, which means literally any sort of photographic thing the government did, he and it broke, he was the one that fixed it. Okay. In 1965, he was put on the Lunar Orbiter Project. He had never done anything in this realm, but he can fix some cameras and shit. Yeah. So he goes up there to fix some equipment. In the office, picking up, because the, the thing that needed to be fixed, he was actually going to have to take to another room. Okay. But it took time okay. to break took time to break down and fix, and one of the guys working in there leaned over and tells him, and this guy was an airman second class, and said, by the way, we discovered a base on the other side of the moon. Meaning the dark side. Yes. Okay. 
that person then showed him the pictures, mainly because the equipment he was going to take, this man was going to see these pictures anyway. Yeah. So the guy is just like, before you get weirded out, just let you know we found a base on the other side of the moon before before you see it. Just letting you know. Wolf then says, upon working on this stuff, he saw pictures of all sorts of buildings and towers. Okay. Wolf then Wolf has then stated, and he still remains steady. He's willing at any point in time to testify under oath in front of Congress. Which is also weird if you go into the moon cube theory, cube tower, uh, which if you if anybody knows anything about uh, Learjet, the company Lear. Yeah. The son, who is also a jet flyer, jet builder. has also worked for. NASA and the United States military. And, you know, these people are connected. The sun has said several times that there is a tower on the moon that is six miles tall. Not like a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this kind of gives credence to what Carl Wolf says. Mr. Lear says the same thing. Uh, and that's kind of kind of where I leave this here is with a quote from, again, the great Isaac Asimov, who says... We cannot help but come to the conclusion that the moon, by rights, ought not to be there. The fact that it is, is one of those strokes of luck almost too good to accept. And with that, my friends, I give you some moon things to think about on this holiday season. Things to talk about with your family around the table. At dinner, please bring it up. Okay. Great conversation. Okay. Well. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, you have given a lot to consider here. I won't lie. I'm sitting here kind of blown away. You have. There's a lot of weird shit. You know, when you told me that you were going to get into this, I anticipated a little bit. You threw a lot of information at us. A lot of quotes. A lot of information, and uh, yeah, that's a lot of weird shit to consider. It's not like one thing or two things. It's a lot of things, which is what got me, because at first I kind of like just kind of laughed at myself and then, okay, pre-lunar people, and then like I just kept reading and kept reading. I'm like, okay, and this is not like David Icke says a lot of this crazy shit too. This is not David Icke talking. I went to NASA and Harvard, and that's what I was reading. Yeah, you're like, not talking. You're things. not quoting, you know, people that are showing up on. Uh, uh, oh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Um, you know who I'm talking about? Um, not fucking coast to coast. The other wacky dude. Oh, I love coast to coast. I love coast to coast too, but that's not the guy I'm thinking of. Um, fuck, he he was like banned from Twitter for a long time. Um, uh, the one who said that, of... the one who said that the Connecticut shoot, I think it was Connecticut, the the school oh, yeah, shooting, uh, was fake. uh, you know, Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't some Alex Jones type shit that you're quoting here. This is like NASA people, Harvard people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I went to these sources. Infowars. Like, that's what I was going yeah. for. Yeah. If you wanted me to like tell you a bunch of crazy shit, I could easily tell you a bunch of crazy. Trust me, a lot of crazy shit blocked by this foil. Well, yeah, I mean, you and I briefly went down the rabbit hole about how Taylor Swift is really the head of the Church of Satan. But, you know. Things you probably shouldn't say on the internet. I was going to say, we probably don't need to get into that. So, um, anyway. But, yeah. You know, I mean. Huh. Okay. Yeah, with that, I I was about to go into the whole Taylor Swift thing, and I'm telling myself, don't do it. Yeah, we probably need to just do it. We'll just just leave them with the moon. We don't need. I don't need. Yeah, let's not get Mr. Crawley crawling up my ass. Yeah, let's not. Let's not get the Swifties on us here because. No, I don't want to do that. That's a whole arm. But there's some things to think about here with the moon. You know, maybe you're with me. Maybe you're not about going there and not going there. This is different. This is even if we have been there. Even the Apollo missions have data that, like, this is some fucky fucky. Well, because then I'm thinking, like, okay, we've had lunar rovers going all over the place. Why can't we just send a rover straight to the city? If if there's a city there, why can't we just say, okay, let's go there? Why don't we ever send the rovers to the dark side of the moon? Precisely my point. Why are we keeping it on the one side? Why aren't we like? Why does the moon have a dark side to begin with? Well, there's another point. Yeah. That's true, because every other body in the, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know about the moons on other planets, but at least the planets all rotate. There are a few out there that don't, but it's a very tiny, it's it's another, that shouldn't happen, but it does. Mm-hmm. When you add that to things that don't even happen at all, and like the anomalies just stack up. And that's yeah. one of them where like there are some bodies that don't, they're locked into orbit. And we don't know how they lock into orbit. Scientists have don't know how that happens, but we do know it happens. And our moon is one of those small percentage that does. Okay. Um, totally possible that maybe all of those objects that don't rotate have something in common. Maybe they're all like alien satellites. Huh. You know, I will say in terms of like alien species, um, I was talking with a guy at Riverman a long while back and uh, he threw out a thought that I had never really considered, which was, you know, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe that there's a life in the universe aside from us because I think it's completely vain to assume that we are living on the only planet that that produced life that we are the only intelligent life in the entire universe with everything with the vast expanse the the billions and billions of stars and planets and everything like that i think it's completely vain to assume that we are the only intelligent life out there so there there has to be other life but what he proposed and i had never really considered and it has like stuck in my brain and rattled around in there ever since he said this he said what if one of these other species had developed 10 million years before we did. And they are 10 million years ahead of us in their their lifespan and, and their generational development and their technology and their information and everything like that. So that now you have the this advanced race that is coming and looking at us, but they're looking at us through the eyes of a species that is 10 million years more advanced than we are. 
what 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 would they what could they be doing like you know ufos if 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 potentially you know we see you know ufos in the sky are are they even being driven by actual you know uh flesh and blood creatures or are they just unmanned probes that are coming and scoping us out you know that sort of thing i mean just all sorts of different thoughts and everything and i'm like holy shit that never really crossed my mind that we all wouldn't have started potentially at the same time that there would be very that somewhere out there there's another you know life on another planet that has developed 10 million years after us to where we are the more advanced of the two you know and that sort of sure. thing and and that for whatever reason i don't know why for all the star trek i fucking watched that never dawned on me to consider that maybe probably I mean that there's there's life out there that developed before we did. I think about it this way too. Let's say our intelligence is technically only two percent greater than that of a chimpanzee. I mean, Both intelligent creatures, but our extra two percent gave us this. Hey, speaking of uh, monkeys, did you see that uh, Mori Povich did a, a DNA test for an orangutan at the Denver Zoo? They had a baby out there, and they didn't know which of the males in the thing uh, was the was the father, and so they did the DNA test, and they had Mari Povich announce which one was the which one was oh the father. My. It was fucking great, dude. I'll send you the link. He he actually you did have. a video, and he's like, "Barambe, you are the father," or whatever the fucking monkey's name was. That is, <laughs> it was awesome. it was great. Anyway, sorry. No, I was gonna say. Uh, so if we're if the difference between us and chimpanzees is 2% intelligence, let's say there's an alien species just 5% smarter than us. That's 3%. Or That's 5% more than us, so that would be us. 7% more than a... So just think of the gap. Yeah, yeah. No. The other true. thing is, how do you know that it's not necessarily alien, it's AI? wait that intelligence reaches a point to where it can create ai and then the ai just replicates itself across the universe and things that visit us are actually ai they are not living beings as you and i would call them hence what i was saying and, that these could be drones yes. flying over us and, and not manned spacecraft and we are on the precipice of joining that same group hmm and in ending our own species. See, I don't want to do that. I want to be like fucking Zeph from Cockrum and get my goddamn warp engines going. And I want to be flying through the sky. Hey, listen, there's probably middle ground here. If we create this AI, you and I are of the age. Now, if you're out there listening and you're 18, 19, 20. Uh, you got a weird life ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. But for people our age who have, you know, given up on life, uh, we, we know, we know how fucky fucky the whole thing is. Uh -huh. We're at that age where AI is coming around about the time we've already abandoned women to begin with. <laughs> and we're just going to enjoy having sex with the robots for 20 years before they kill us all. I, I haven't abandoned women, dude. I very much enjoy the company of women. So, I enjoy their company too, especially when their mouths are closed. Oh, Jesus! All right, uh, <laughs> let's not get you slapped again. So no, hey, hey. <laughs> lapping's part of the fun. Oh my, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, 
we might get the best part of this transition between AI and, you know, we get the, the flesh AI for a while and, and then it kills us, which is similar to marriage anyway. So. <laughs> oh, Trey, it's always a trip. It's always a trip with you. This has been a fun episode. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. You know what? I to do this. This, is, this is a good deep dive into a very interesting topic. And my God, we have given people a lot to think about this episode between Cigar Aficionado and and uh, my ghost encounter and now you proposing that, you know, Santa Claus is more real than the moon. Yeah, I mean, well, again, could be related. Because we don't know that the elves are not fourth dimensional beings. And when you eat the Amadita muscaria, you're, inter, you're intertwined with that higher dimension. That higher dimension may be what created the moon. It could be all intertwined. We do not know. My God. Okay. And okay. ghosts would fit in that same dimension there. So, so it all could theoretically be connected. It really could. Except the cigar fish and outer list, which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> what if like, of all the things we talked of all about all the tonight, things that's the one that it just, it it just makes no sense. fucking sense in the world there's no explanation oh for my shit. god no <laughs> uh so my monthly cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get a box of cigars sent to you every month they come in a variety of sizes I get the Robusto box, which is three cigars for thirty or five, four cigars for thirty dollars. What the fuck? I'm just throwing out numbers. Four cigars for thirty dollars. They also have the El Presidente, which is eight cigars for fifty dollars. And if you use offer code Pulpit, P U L P I T, get you free shipping on that first box. And uh, while you're over there, get some fucking good coffee. I've got some in my little tumbler over here that I've been drinking. I've been drinking the Lounge Blend as we've been doing this. So make sure you pick Let me that tell up. You. Yeah. Let me tell you, you deal with fucking good coffee. You deal with my monthly cigars. You know what you get? You get some fun marketing that's also honest marketing, right? It's true. Unlike fucking Reese's. Oh, okay? God. Now we're picking on right? Reese's. Let me pick on Reese's because it's my favorite indulgent. Okay. I love indulging in Reese's. It's the one weakness I have when it comes to sweets. So I see today... We have this Christmas special. You know how they do the trees, they do yeah. the, the eggs, all that now, shit. You know that those other things, they have extra sugar in them to keep their shape. Look at this. The holiday lights, yes. So I'm excited. I got to buy. In fact, I was going to wear these Reese's holiday lights around my neck for the show. Well, that would have been a mess after a while, but okay. So I get them and I open them up. You know what this bullshit is? Little, little nugget things. Fucking eggs. They're just fucking eggs. There's they no look like Cadbury eggs. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. They're, no, they're delicious. I just ate one in the beginning of the show. But there's no string. No, it's marketing bullshit. Bull, number one bullshit guy. Bullshit. Right here. Reasons. <laughs> number one bullshit guy. Yeah, but so no bad marketing. But Fuck no. you. So the Reese's cups, that's why they're in the little paper. They they don't they have a certain percentage of sugar in the peanut butter. But in order for them to maintain the shape of the tree and the ghost and the pumpkin and the up egg the and whatever, they up the sugar quotient. So if you eat one of those and then immediately eat a peanut butter cup, like just a normal standard peanut butter cup, the the tree is gonna be much much sweeter. Try it out, folks. There you go. Have you had the big cups? I had the big cups with the caramel in them. Those are good. 
No, I haven't done the caramel. Ooh, that's a good time. They put the caramel in there with the peanut butter and then hit it with the I chocolate. Did, I did it's the potato chip ones, and it pissed me off. So uh, I liked those. The salty and the sweet, you know, they kind of they, they worked. All right. It sounded like a great idea. I was all in, and then I ate it. I'm like, I would rather have Reese's. Well, it, Reese's. It, I mean, I haven't bought it since the one time I tried it. I'll say that much. So maybe I don't like it as much as I think. But it didn't offend me. But uh, I, I think I like it better with the pre- the Take 5 bar, the Reese's Take 5 with the pretzel and the caramel. Oh, yeah. That's a good time right there. It's it, that's it's enough of whatever the extra stuff is. That yeah. It's like, okay. That's a good time right there. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm available on Instagram at uh, the Cigar Pulpit. I'm also on Facebook where we have the Pulpit Parishioners group. You guys can get in on that fun. And then uh, we're on Twitter slash X where I don't really do much, but uh, I keep getting a lot of pressure to do it. So maybe that'll be 2024. And then I am on YouTube where you can watch this. And there was a segment in this episode that we did do video only. So um, if you're listening to this, and you want to hear what we talked about, you're going to have to go to the YouTube and figure that it, out. It was yeah. some legit government shit. It was. It was indeed. And uh, also, uh, if you haven't gone over to CigarPulpit.com to sign up for the email newsletter, that will be starting up in January. So make sure you get your email address on there. I promise I won't spam you. And I promise it'll be fun stuff. So where can people follow you, Trey? Uh, I'm glad you asked because uh, this past couple of weeks I changed I it. noticed. Yeah, and I had people, even people I work for, that were con- concerned that I was leaving the company. Mm-hmm. But no, it was I noticed an, it was them. it was an experiment that worked out tremendously. Okay, uh, I had heard a lot of Instagram uh, influencers that had been either taken off for a while or capped, where. You cannot gain any more followers. Uh-huh. Even if you click follow on them, you don't actually get to follow them. I know a lot of influencers that got capped like this. And so I just I took will say cigars. my my uh, follower number has stayed rock steady for probably. Well, at least since September of 22, when I first when I did uh, an update to my media kit. Because I just did wow. an update recently, and I actually have lost 20 people from September of 22 to now. But otherwise, rock steady at like 6,180. Like, not people. even adding like one person. Like, dude, okay. I maybe get a new like every once in a while, but typically it's a spam bot. Like, I go to their page and they're trying to sell me crypto or some bullshit like that. So I changed my name from Trey Mac Aladino Cigars to Trey Mac Travels. Mm-hmm. Without doing a post, no post, no nothing. Yeah. Gained 120. Holy shit. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start posting under Trey Mac Travels. And it'll be the same me working for Aladino, smoking Aladino. But perhaps the algorithm will be confused. Uh, but this is just another, you know, I brought this up with our work. Like, perhaps we need to change our names. I mean. Yeah, maybe the word just, cigars is like. It triggers the algorithm yeah, and they don't yeah. want that. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was odd. All I did was, dude, and it was almost like within like a couple of days, I changed my name and I'd pick up my phone. I'm like, a new follower, new follower, new follower, new follower. And I'm like. I haven't even posted. Interesting. 
So I'll see what happens when I start posting. I got a bunch of stuff I need to post yeah. uh, and just see what happens. But yeah, this is just another assault uh, on our industry and freedom. Uh, and once again, this leads me, I haven't done it yet, but I need to start an X account formerly known as Twitter. Mm -hmm. And That's what I'm I was saying, I, I need to look into that. A lot of us. We already know what happened to Cigar Authority. Yep. And I think... They're getting All really good numbers on Rumble. Rumble's fantastic from what I hear. Every, everybody yeah. I know that works yeah. with Rumble loves it. Interesting. I did so see an article. Perhaps. I did see an article just today that talked about how one of the videos under their editor picks section was about uh, the lizard people that are running the United States. That goes along with what we talked about. I mean, it today. does. So David Icke says that the lizard people built the moon. Okay. And that those are the people that have always ran things on planet Earth. And uh, so, yeah, actually, that goes along. I didn't I didn't go that far because I just want to talk about NASA. Yeah, yeah. Keep it. Keep it straight. But, yeah. But yeah, David Icke actually says it's proven that the lizard people built the moon and they are the ones controlling things, which uh, a great video is to watch the video of Mark Zuckerberg when he's asked if he's a lizard person. And he gives a very awkward answer about how he's not a lizard person and his eyes kind of look like a lizard while he's saying it. <laughs> um, pupils very large in that video. Okay. Um, so perhaps I don't I didn't want to go that far, but okay. uh, but you said they took some of that down or no, no, no. That was an editor's pick on Rumble. Oh, that is awesome. They like so highlight, they, they highlighted it. Yeah. Now, granted, there are people that don't like Rumble that are using that as an example as to why Rumble's like, you know, not well, freedom of speech, be, but freedoms you know, of ideas, you know, whatever. Freedom of ideas. I mean, look, if you want to have the NASA Nazis tell you how we went to the moon like twenty fucking times, you'd be like, well, that's the gospel. Or do you want to go on Rumble where we can explore the other possibilities? I like it. I like it. I'm just saying, when you start looking at X, when you start looking at Rumble, this whole industry does. And uh, when you're ready to go there, I'll go there with you. Okay. Well, I have an account. I just really don't do much on it. I, pay, I, I just toggle the little switch on Instagram to, like, share it to that. But I don't I don't really do much with it. But, yeah. I yeah. hold a lot back here on YouTube. I hold back a lot <laughs> of stuff. Oh, God. Well, Okay. We have one more thing to do before we go. And my God, this is a fucking mega episode. Um, predictions for 2024. Oh, shit. You brought you did remember. I remembered. I remembered. I don't remember what the context was, though, that we were talking about that. Everything. What are your predictions? Um, I will be shocked if we end up seeing Trump versus Biden in the election. Do you think we'll get either? I would hazard to guess no. I think before it's all said and done, we will see a totally different presidential election than what we think we're going to see right now. So in other words, completely rigged. Yes. Or orchestrated, I should say. Orchestrated is a better word, perhaps. But yeah, I, I think that by... I'll, I'll just say that I think that there are elements that are going to do what they can to keep Trump off the ballot. 
Um, I think that the Supreme Court decision in the state of Colorado to keep him off the primary ballot, I think that's the start of that. Um, I think you're going to see California is following suit. I think, uh, see right there. I think you're going to see a lot of states, um, blue states in all fairness, um, that are going to do that. And all that does is muddy up the waters in the primary, you know, cause, cause you need the votes in the primaries and everything. So, um, I do think that, uh, and, and in turn, you know, you need the delegates going to the convention and all that. So I do think that that screws up the process there. I also think that it's also not unrealistic to think that one of these prosecutors ends up bringing a case and maybe there's a conviction, you know, before it's all said and done. Be that all as it may, I don't see Trump on the ballot in November of 2024. As for Biden, I think that before it's all said and done, I don't think, and I'm just putting this out there, I don't think the left likes Kamala Harris. I think she served a purpose in 2020. Um, I think she, uh, she's been definitely muzzled after you know there were there were a few things that she said um early in the uh term that i think uh caused some issues and i think she got muzzled i don't anticipate that they're gonna put her at the top spot or leave biden there so that she would gain the top spot i think there's somebody else waiting in the wings i mean i know for a fact my governor here in illinois is making, you know, there's behind the scenes shit going on with him. Trust me, I mean, if 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 this country gets him, we're all fucked. So we don't need well, they, but, but the they point created is that, the point. they created that bullshit debate between Gavin Newsom and uh, DeSantis, which before, was just a dress rehearsal. Before it's all said and done, I don't think we see Trump and Biden on the ballot in November. Let me tell you this much. If it's Gavin Newsom versus Nikki Haley, guess who ain't voting, folks? You know, and that's a whole nother thing, Nikki Haley, but we we don't need to get into all that. But That's going to uh, go into my next prediction, though. Okay. Something you, you predicted the ballot. I'm going to predict something else. Okay. I think it goes hand in hand with that. I think before the year is out, we have a massive war in our hands. Probably in the Middle East. Okay. And I can think of one Republican that at every debate has been screaming for that. Would that be Nikki Haley? I haven't watched any debates. Yeah. Oh, you have missed out, sir. Well, I just, it's it's early, and quite frankly, I just, ah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like it's settled just yet. It's it's early enough that you know people that are polling, oh no 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 it's, like it's one, the opposite one percent yeah no it's the opposite yeah. it's the opposite it is settled oh well it I see settled, what you're saying it was settled before the debates even started uh huh and so the debates are all bullshit because none of those people actually matter um however if they do matter. I'll also say this. I find it very fascinating that I'm seeing more and more people. How do I put this delicately? Um, I'm seeing more and more people that are, I assume, I'm making an assumption based upon a lot of things, 
but I would assume would identify more with the left talking about the amount of money that they pay in taxes to the government. Jeremy Renner put up a thing on his Instagram story not too long ago talking about how if you live in California and you make X amount, that by the time it's all said and done, you're actually bringing home this much. And he laid, and they, it laid out like all the different taxes that you pay and it's, you know, how like you're making like less than 50% of what you act, what your actual, you know, initial salary is. Um, the actress, oh, I'm blanking on her name. She was in Empire. She was the, the main woman in Empire. She was in that movie uh, about the, the African-American ladies who worked for NASA. Um, she, she, she's been in a lot of stuff. Um, she was just recently on a talk show and started breaking down crying, talking about the amount of money that how she has to keep working because um, by the time it's all said and done, when you hear about somebody making $10 million for a movie, that they have this whole crew of people that work for her or work for them and they got to pay all these people and blah, 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 and all this. And then by the time taxes come out, you know, you lose half of what you what you were paid to begin with. So, like, you're seeing more and more people on the left complaining about high taxes. And I find that to be very fascinating, too. Because that's typically not something that you hear from them. It's it's always, you know, tax risk, you know, blah, 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 pay your fair share and all this kind of shit. Even they're getting pinched. And yeah. I find it fascinating. But anyway. It, def- it definitely is. But I these people want a war. Hmm. That's all I hear in the debates. I was like, there's only one person on stage this whole time that has said no war, no war, no war. All the others are screaming for it. The left obviously wants it too, um, probably for different reasons. But uh, I think they're going to get it one way or the other. Okay, so I'm predicting the ballot doesn't look anything like we think it will. You're predicting a war. These are really kind of dour predictions. Do we have any positive predictions whatsoever to throw out there for the new year? Uh, for the men out there, uh, there's oh, been a God. new scientific breakthrough uh, that, for whatever reason, is not being talked about. When women get these sort of things, they talk about it and they all start doing it. It all started with, uh, you know, you had in the in the 80s, possibly the 70s, you start having breast augmentation. And the next thing you know, a lot of women are getting it. Now they're getting BBLs and all this. Men, BBLs, traditionally, not yeah. so much. Brazilian butt lifts. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it, nope. trust me. Next, That's a Google. Next time, we're in, next time we're in Vegas, I'll point them out to you. Okay, okay. Lots of BBLs okay. running around. Now. I just saw a bunch of them in Miami. Um, <laughs> it's becoming fairly common. Okay. Um, however... For men out there, this is a positive thing. I want you to think about this. But if I told you now, don't care how big it is, you can get a bigger Johnson. Are you talking about the dick shot again? The pee shot. Yeah, you were telling me about that a little while back. Yeah, it's it's called it's called the pee shot. You can now grow your Johnson. And here's the thing. You might laugh and say, I don't need that. I don't. You might not. Maybe you do have the <laughs> largest... Maybe you have the largest Peter in your neighborhood. My God, if I lost 100 pounds, too, holy shit. 
But let me, let me but think about this. My nickname would be Clydesdale. Uh, I mean, I saw, anyway, I saw it in right. the ghost picture. I saw your dick in the ghost picture. That's why I, that that, I didn't that, send it to you that, for that, that ghost is hung. I don't want to. <laughs> but you might have the biggest Johnson on the block, but if within five years, everybody else on the block has gotten the pee shot and you have not, you will no longer have the largest Johnson on the block, and no one wants to be in that situation, fellas. I don't know if it's I want to get a shot in my dick, though. Oh, I've, I've got several friends that have done it. Yeah. I have yeah. not, not at this point, but not against it. Um, but they said it was, they were in the hospital for like a total of 15 minutes. They didn't feel shit. Uh, you go in, they take blood out of your arm. They put it in a centrifuge. They get the blood platelet-rich plasma. They numb your wiener and they shoot it in there. Huh. Okay. So that's okay. a positive. We actually have reached the point to now where men can grow their Johnson with a shot. Uh, so that's a positive thing to look forward to in twenty twenty four. We got that going it, for us. You're looking at like sixteen hundred dollars to get that done. So it is not crazy expensive. It's feasible. Yeah, it's feasible. Take that yeah. Christmas bonus, boys, and get a new wiener. Get a bigger dick. Okay. Well, so that's a positive. Uh, you g- Give me a positive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, what is a positive? Here's what I'll say. What is a positive? Here's what the one thing else. This year? Yeah. We're going to yeah. have more innovation in the cigar world. I don't think it's just going to be Aladino. Uh, I know we're going to do some innovative shit that's going to be a lot of fun. I like it. But I th- I think even though maybe certain lists don't want to admit it, there's a lot of innovation going on in this world. There's a lot of fun stuff out there to smoke. Uh, and go try it all. Have f- The whole point of this whole thing is to have fun. Enjoy. Try new things. You don't know. Your favorite cigar might be just around the corner. Uh, and we're going to get more of that. We're going to get some innovation. We're going to get some fun things. Go try them, folks. Go try them. I like it. I like it. That's a nice, positive, uplifting message. Try them before the war starts. Well, yeah. And stockpile so that when the war does break, yes. down, you've got stars. Yes. Okay. I like it. Or the aliens like get here to make sure the war doesn't happen and the moon opens up and we learn all of the facts. And then we give birth you know, to AI. You know, we've always heard that the moon is made of cheese. Maybe that's what's inside the moon. From under cheese or? I don't know. Maybe it? it's a giant cheese ball. I do like those holiday cheese balls. Me too. Especially if they get a little spice to them. Right? Oh, dude, I got this one from Aldi. It's not a cheese ball. It's like a little wheel. It's maybe about like so big. You know, a little, little wheel. About that thick. It's a white cheddar, but it's got cranberries in it delightful on a nice wheat cracker so good sounds good yeah so anyway well i think that is a perfectly fine place to end this mega long episode that we have done (laughs) we have gone uh oh fuck dude we've we've i think we've crossed the three hour threshold this is now the longest episode of the pulpit that i will put out because other you know other ones, I think I've broken into two, but I'm not going to break this one up. I think I'm just going to let this one out there. People can consume it over Christmas and enjoy it. So, 
Um, Talk about it over dinner. Play it over dinner. Play it during oh. dinner. Get the conversation. The truth is uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the conversations at dinner about whether or not the moon is real? Love it. I think that that is, that is your gift to the parishioners. It is my gift to the parishioners. The gift of parishioners, knowledge. I love you. I, oh, don't say that. That makes me sound like Illuminati. <laughs> That's true. We don't need we don't need what a Beyonce but and Jay-Z coming after you. Yeah, parishioners. Yeah. My gift to you is the gift of uh, moon talk at dinner. Uh, enjoy it. Make it uncomfortable because growth is typically uncomfortable. You know, I thought when we started this that our conversation about cigar aficionado would be the thing that people you know are buzzing about. I think before it's all said and done. I think Cigar Fish Now is probably the most normal thing we talked about today. But maybe the most conspiratorial. <laughs> well, guys, on that note, have a Merry Christmas. Have a safe Christmas. Um, you know, don't consume too much eggnog and get behind the wheel of the car if you're uh, having the spiked eggnog and all that. But otherwise, have a very Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas to you, Trey Mac. Merry Christmas, and to everyone out there, happy holidays. Uh, I hope it's filled with love and peace and family and lunar talk, which is where the term lunatic comes from, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my God, it just keeps going. All right, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Trey Mac. Follow me on Instagram, Trey Mac Travels. Trey Mac Travels. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky.